everybody and welcome to episode 531 of Conversation Street for the week of the 11th to the 15th of July. That is episodes 10,687 to 10,692. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. She is indeed. And we're going to be talking about this week's Coronation Street and the news and feedback and stuff like that. So, um, temperature update. Still hot. But, but Gemma has come up with a great plan today. So we, we, we put the attic lid down, the attic door down, That's a, you open up the window you in the open attic. the hatch yeah. and the window. So we're um, trying to get a bit of airflow in here. But it's, it's even going to be a proper heat wave and everything in it on Monday apparently. What is it? What's it supposed to be around here? It's not around here, it's not going to get that. We're not in a red oh. zone. We're not in a red zone, but there's a there's, there's red zone it's warning be for the first time ever in the UK. Yes, they're going to be, be... Theoretically hotter in Manchester? Yeah, it is. And the the Manchester the land of rain is going to be boiling. But I'm sure it that Weatherfield's going to miss out on this. The land of boiling rain. (laughs) But look out for Weatherfield in where they're going to be like mid September, maybe early September. It's going to be a scorcher. Yeah, they're all going to be wearing jumpers and looking very flush. <laughs> yes. So. Although we we did um, get to see a little bit because there was a, there was a bit of um, location shooting, wasn't there this week? That was won't go into <laughs> details, but I just want to say that the Conversation Street water bottle did get its first public airing and snapping in the press. Thank you That's very much, right. Georgia Taylor, for taking it out on your on your little um yep, on she, your location she, um, shoots. She was our model. Which she was her well. Yeah. And um, she yeah representing. The fans. It's so if you very... want to join and be part of the cool club, this... <laughs> you need to join our Patreon club. Um, it is, well, it's the, the Rovers tier, $10 mm. a month. Yes. For a year. Yes. But you've only got to do it for six months. Six months, you get a, get a free bottle, bottle and it's worth £35. Yes. They're very posh bottles. They don't <laughs> just bargain. give any old crap to slept, you know? So that's that little <laughs> plug out of the way. Also, mm-hmm. second plug, don't forget, next week is when you can get yourself a ticket for our Coronation Street cast versus fans quiz that is going online at 2pm BST on Saturday the 23rd of July. Um, so get yourselves over to our eBay page. We'll put all the details on so social media and everything. What? Two what? 2pm, BST. I oh, know, BST is just t- now. If that is now UK, UK time. Yeah, it's British summertime. No, you know, everybody knows all pe- these people are gonna be People are going to be swarming to this. They're, they're going to be gone in like seconds. You're going to crash you, the internet by people trying to get tickets for this, you know. If you live in the UK, one of our privileges, we have many of them, is that we don't need to worry about time zones. No. So to, saying BST to people in this country like <laughs> that's the boy band the Korean boy band that's the joke oh, they, had, they had to mention that was that this week they had the B what is the T- actual BTS. one BTS is the actual one. Yeah. anyway so yeah have a look out for that next Saturday if you want to join us and pitch your coronation please street do we're getting nervous somebody. we need 10 people yeah we just, we just need 10 people 25 pounds you don't worry in... about whether you, I don't understand everyone keeps going oh I don't know if I'm going to get the answers right doesn't matter. it really doesn't matter it, you don't win anything <laughs> No, but you get a, but you get a Coronation Street puzzle book just for taking part. Exactly, it's a bargain. You get a, quite a frankly, book worth fourteen ninety nine. Um, for your twenty five pound entry. Yes. Why wouldn't you do it? Is what because I you know. hate us, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of quizzes, Gemma, you got a good one. No, you today? said we're pl- doing plugs. Have you got another plug? I want to plug myself. Go I'm on, very then. proud of myself. What are you doing? At the last weekend, I used my English literature degree for the first time ever. 
Oh yes, we went to a, we went to a posh Jane Austen place last weekend. It's Jane we? Austen's adventure. brother's family home, and it's very complicated. We had like a half an hour talk by a lady who's very enthusiastic <laughs> to tell us the lineage and heritage of how this house came into the Austen family and why it's not owned by Austens; it's owned by Knights, the surname Knight. We literally, we went there and we came through the front door. It was with your mum and dad, wasn't it? Because it's your mum's birthday. Now, be careful because this lady might be listening. I, I don't think that she might be. But, um, yeah, we, we came through and we said, do we have to, do we have to, what do we, I can't remember what we asked. Do we have to get tickets well, there was or a load of, something like no, that? No, there was a load of names on a bit of paper and some of them crossed have, out. And my yeah. name was there and it wasn't crossed out. Yeah. So I saw the lady and I said, and she was dressed up. Maybe it was Jane Austen, um, <laughs> the ghost. Um, I said, do I have to sign in? And she said, No. And then she took us into the, the front... First room. Yeah. The parlour. And spoke very earnestly. For about... It, I'm not I'm not kidding. It must have been a good 20 minutes. And we were just stood there. And we couldn't very escape this woman. She was like standing right up close to us. Looking mostly at you. And, yeah. and me and your dad and your mum were like, Oh, we just want to edge away from this. But we couldn't. But I, I tried really hard to pay attention for the first five minutes. And well, I was interested because I, I'm always interested in how did this house become a museum. Mm. And that was mostly what the conversation was about. Yeah, well, we certainly found but that But listen, out. my... Amazing plug of myself. We were in the gift shop and this really intense man came up to us and he started talking about the garderobe and as I, like, he, like he was super impressed with his facts and knowledge about the garderobe and he had like a little lanyard around his neck and I was like, I know what a garderobe is, okay? <laughs> and then I looked down and he was one of the, the Austin slash Knight family people. So I was like, tell me more about this garderobe. Like... Um, being very interested and then he let us into the secret library which is the whole point of Chawton House which is where we went and um, so Chawton House is like I said the ancestral home of the Austin family um, and it's where um, an American lady has a massive collection over like thousands and thousands and thousands of early English women's literature which is basically lots of it is completely unknown um, because there's only a few copies mm. in existence, can't get it and on there's Kindle. a massive project to try to digitise it all and stuff. And um, well, you can get it on Kindle. <laughs> you can't get it on Kindle. You will soon, soon coming to will Kindle. Will you listen and let me speak? Yes. So when I did my English literature degree, Chawton House wasn't open to the public, so I got to go and like look at some of these books and things. And so when this guy, one of these, one of the the part of the family, he he and he lived in this house. He, cause he, sh- he brought, he like showed me into the library and I was going, I know I've been here. And he was really impressed. And then these other two people came in and they were from Denmark and they were asking me questions they about really, really, really early tall. women's English literature. And I was answering them. <laughs> I don't think I was right about half of the things I said, but I could pretend I knew what I was talking about. You could about. get a Saturday job there. I'll tell you what, and, Daniel Osborne would have loved it. And he, sh- and the, the guy showed me where the secret bar was. The secret bar? I didn't yeah. say that. Wow. You. Some things you don't need to know, Michael. I was thinking to myself, this could be my ticket here. <laughs> this guy is very interested in me here. And I'm I'm very knowledgeable. But then he told me that his wife, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, too bad, Gemma. <sighs> oh, well. No inheritance for I you. I can't become an Austin. No, no. Good fact. So yeah, it was a nice day, wasn't it? Well done. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself because I actually got to speak with authority about something that I studied, and it's probably the first time since I left university that anyone's <laughs> ever been interested in anything I did. You sounded very clever. People... And I don't, I'm not even, I'm not even an expert, I don't even know anything about Jane Austen or the Bronte sisters or anything. I used to do, my, my thing was medieval Arthurian romance. But you could be interested. That's good. 
It's interesting. <laughs> well, hopefully people are still listening to us. I mean, it, it, Wait, it, was it, that really boring? No, I'm just saying. It wasn't saying, that long, you know, was it? No, no. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a twenty-minute one about it. But no, I'm just saying. It, people like listening to our podcast, don't they? So um, we must have something going for us. I know, but I didn't. We didn't do podcasting at university. <laughs> yeah, what well, didn't exist back then, did it? Back in the dark ages. <sighs> right, come on then. Let's do. Let's do a quiz. Let's crack on with tonight's episode because we need to All get right. on. Right. Oh, no, when no. you bloody blather on for hours about I what you've done, never I do that. are you. When I do, you apologise to everybody about how boring your wife is. <laughs> it's just not, it was I'm going to go and find a man I was, I was honestly properly in. impressed by you. No, you weren't. I, I wanted you to find me the book that you could like pull, and then the revolving door would the bookshelf Michael, would revolve I found around. the hidden bar. What else do you want? <laughs> right, eleventh to the fifteenth of July. Yes. I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, aka Coropedia. Mm-hmm. Here is the first question. 11th of July, 1962. Which couple got engaged? This would be their first marriage. Not to each other. 1962. Um, um, uh, I can give you one more clue. Yes, please. One of them never marries again. Oh, that's too hard. It's not. Uh, is it Ken and Val? Yeah. Oh, yes. 11th of July, July 1967, which current character was born, making them 55 on the show? Sally. It was Sally. We saw her on the telly this week. 12th of July 2002, who rescued Blanche after she fell down the stairs? I don't remember. Uh, Norris. No, it was Archie Shuttleworth. Should have known Uh, that because he fancied her. She fancied him, so. Mm. 13th of July, 2007. Which relative turns up at the Duckworths to take care of them, but in reality, to start fleecing them? Oh, it was Paul Clayton. Mm-hmm. Was that you just kicking a bowl or something? No, that was Abby. I think she's found something. Oh, God. 14th of July, 1997. Why does Curly force his way into number five and get in a fight with Les? <laughs> Those Battersby girls are playing their music too loud up in their bedroom, aren't they? That's right. Classic scene. We had to watch that when we uh, had the late 90s episodes, didn't we? The we old enjoyed watching Les that. headbutting Curly, Curly throwing the ghetto blaster out the window. 14th of Brilliant. July, 2002. Who does Richard Hillman capture and take to an empty flat at the ridings? 2002. Who does he capture? Capture? Oh, I just, um, I just read something. Audrey? It was Norris. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't a love nest that he uh, whisked him off to then? Or was it Was it like the Phil and Tyrone scenes from this week? So when you say love nest and the word capture, why, do, why does the word capture immediately make you think of love nest? I don't know. Are you thinking of what happened to Kelly a minute ago? Do you think that she's in a... <laughs> I'm confused with my storylines. You get confused with dungeons with, with yeah, she's love in nests. <laughs> yeah, she's in a... She's I'm going to have to keep my eye dungeon. on you. 15th of July, 2002... How much does Gail reckon she's going to inherit from Audrey's will? 2002, they're talking about Audrey's will? Yeah. That's funny. This is, this is what inspired Richard Hillman. Oh, um, oh gosh, I don't know. £50,000. No. What? £250,000. Oh, a little bit off which then. Which now would be £375,000. Gosh. Although if it's in property, it's going to be even more than that, isn't it? Because bloody the person's house is. Mm. Twenty years later, she's still waiting, but she knows how Prince Charles feels. Imagine twenty years later going, oh my god, is she going <laughs> to die? I've got all these things on my Amazon like my wish list, and I was just going to buy them all when my mum popped her clogs. No, I can't. No, and I don't need a mini disc player anymore. You should go through just deleting them. Um, so you got three wrong, four right. Oh, fuck. Uh, Add worse. 
Who's got a birthday coming up, Jim? There's loads. Oh, that tell me more. Sixteenth of July, Wendy Jane Walker, who was Susan Barlow the second, Samantha Seagoose, Jodie Morton, Katie McGlynn, who's Sinead Tinker. Seventeenth of July, Jane Hazelgrove, who played Sue Clayton and Bernie Winter, Matthew Compton, Crompton, who played Dan Mason. Eighteenth of July. Dickon Ashworth, who played Jeff Horton and writer Paul Cornell. 19th of July, Angela Griffin, who played Fiona Middleton. 20th of July, producer and director Richard Doubleday. Patricia Cutts, who was Blanche Hunt the First. Diana Davies, who played Norma Ford. 21st of July, Molly Sugden, who played Nellie Harvey. Chris Bisson, who played Vikram Desai. And Jessica Barden, who played Kaylee Morton. God, did you do that all in one breath? That is a lot of birthdays this week. It was um, it was um, Sammy's fortieth birthday this week, wasn't it? That was all over Instagram and stuff. Posing with a big forty and saying, "Look how glam and sexy I I look." So, so yeah, happy happy special birthday this week to Sammy. Well, I would be very proud of myself if I looked like that when I was. 40, but I don't think that's very likely. You got you got a couple of months to <laughs> to tone yourself what up am I a bit. Do in, <laughs> get locked in a in a what did you sort love nest? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, okay, let's do it. Let's move on and do the main bit of the show and find out what's been going oh, yeah, on the Carnation Street point. this week with Street Talk. Okay, welcome to this week's Street Talk, everybody. Um car. That was a bit of a slog this week. Did anybody else think that was a bit of a slog? I, I don't know what really happened. I don't know whether I was in a funny mood watching it this week, but I was, I was just like, yeah, it didn't do it for me. Didn't, didn't get my motor running. What about you? I don't think so. We just had, you know, just during that little musical interlude you just had, I was like, right, which, which storyline do you want to do the synopsis of this week? You know, like, I don't care. <laughs> they're, they're all I don't boring. Care. <laughs> I don't really they're, remember them. No, it was, it was like, you know, it was the come down from the wedding last week, wasn't it? More, more Maria stuff. But let's run down. So I'm, I'm calling the Tyrone and Fizz storyline Tie Bride. It's no. Tyrone and the Bride. That's a thing, isn't it? That's, yes, it's. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong Next. with that. Stalker storyline. Not there's something about Maria, but there's someone about Maria. Who is this someone who is about Maria? I think it's Jimmy, but it could be someone else. Has he been in it before? Who? Jimmy. Next. Next. Love, Death and Robots is going to be our third storyline, followed by a little bit more of the Timperton story. And next we have got Electrocute Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bad. Electrocute Ed. Yeah. Uh, then we oh had a bit more of the Wendy House just, story. I just had a flash of, the like... Be dull. It's, um, it's not a great Listen, week this week. You know how you are such a very altruistic person because you're a teacher? Yes, I love so to do So I can only imagine that the, if you community. weren't a teacher, you might be something else altruistic, like a nurse. Mm. But I can also imagine if you were a nurse, um, telling your patients puns based on their ailments and their names <laughs> and going, I've got a great one for that bloke in there who got electrocuted at the hotel. Can I tell him? <laughs> no. The general laughter is the best medicine. Do you think so? Yeah, definitely. And there's one thing that I know about my puns is that everybody rolling in the streets about it because they're so amazing. Okay, right. Um, yeah, who's going to get the short straw which is doing any of this? Oh... I don't know what it was. You know, you, you have your ups and your downs in really, the week. It wasn't that bad. It, it had its high points and it had its tie points and that's what we're going to be starting off with. Nice. So Tyrone, 
Ty Bride, I'm going to do this one. So this is the aftermath of the wedding last week where um, Fizz snuck off from the... Well, she didn't snuck off, really. She made a, a dramatic exit from the reception on Friday, didn't she? To go and snog the face off Tyrone in the middle and of the, the street, which nobody actually saw. That was a bit of a surprise to me, the fact that they were actually able to keep this a secret because they were being very brazen about their table... Not table tennis, tonsil tennis at the end of last week's episodes, weren't they? But guess nobody was looking at that point. I'm surprised that, you know, Sally hasn't got a ring doorbell of her own because, you know, Steve's had one for a good few months now. She's got to keep up with the McDonald's, hasn't she? But for whatever reason, nobody I saw this. honestly think that there is a lot of mileage, if anyone's listening for, from Corey, for a, a, um, a Steve versus Sally ring doorbell battle. Well, yeah. Where they both outdo each other for, for noticing things that have happened. I mean, it's, it's perfect for Sally. She's a total curtain twitcher, isn't she? Yeah. Ina Sharples would have had a ring doorbell if they'd have them 60 years ago. She wouldn't have had to, she wouldn't have had to have, have looked through the curtains or anything. She'd just be sitting there on her phone. I mean, it writes itself, doesn't it? You can just imagine her sitting out having a drink with Tim at the bistro looking at her phone going, oh my goodness, you will not believe it. Aggie's just gone outside to yeah. in her in her pajamas I mean, to take the bins out. We we we've not had Norris. I mean, there's obviously he's obviously gone now. He's dead. R.I.P. He's not been on the show for what three four years as a regular. And I mean, doorbells were still just about a thing then, weren't they? But that would have been just up his street, wouldn't he it? He would have, would have loved absolutely it. gone nana for a ring doorbell. But anyway, that's nothing to do with this storyline because Monday Tyrone and Fizz are sneaking about in number nine. Fizz has got. Apparently no regrets about what she did, cruelly leaving Phil at the altar. Well, she says that, oh yeah, I've been a bit cruel to him, but I think she thinks she's definitely made the right decision. You can't, it's not jilting, is it? Is it jilting if you leave them at the reception? I tell you what, does it go jilt and then spurn? Or is it spurn and then jilt? I don't know, but if it is jilting, then it'd have two L's. For this particular yeah. storyline. That was always the thing that somebody said, uh, guess who I've seen in the Rovers? Give you a clue, two L's. I love that. That's, that is a Cory writer's is, joke, yeah, isn't I it? Yeah, I know, yeah, you can because tell. Because they call him Phil with two L's. Chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The irony of somebody being Fizz with one Z. I know, Fizz with one Z, Phil with two L's. It can you imagine? Sense, it? Uh, they haven't got the double consonants right. I can imagine Evelyn writing her Christmas cards and going... <laughs> they're have, special with their spelling what have I come to yeah even she gets called Evelyn a few times this week didn't By she by Addy slash Ardy yeah I think yeah she got he Ardy got got corrected by calling her Evelyn but then I think was it Tim called her Evelyn earlier on in the week and nobody said anything oh you know that but then he I'd called go. he called her Evelyn and then Kelly said it's Evelyn and he said sorry Evelyn but then to her face later Ardy said Evelyn. I don't know. Um, anyway, Evelyn slash Evelyn um, doesn't, uh, isn't kept in the dark for too long about the Tyrone and Fizz reunion because she comes downstairs, catches them with a face full of tongue and um, is like, well, I mean, what's going on here then? That's so they disgusting. all have a sit down. Evelyn can't keep up with their shenanigans, she says. And Fizz says, oh, I don't know what to do. I, Evelyn knows now. What, what do we do? Do we, do we tell Phil about this? And um, she realises that they can get an annulment because they didn't consummate their um, their union from Friday. So, um, I just great. think that's a really, like, bizarre... It feels a bit archaic, doesn't it? It really doesn't feel like it's, like, at this point in this 
in this era mm. of modern society where you're not being forced by your dad because you've got... It is a bit just like, it brings me back in mind of the bedding ceremony from Game yeah. of Thrones, doesn't it? Well, that's, you know, that's based on real life. I know, frankly, I know. Because back in medieval times, they're like... Check don't know the where, sheets. Don't know where that baby came from. Could it come from anyone? <laughs> but anyway, um, she can get an annulment, um, but then Phil knocks on the door, Tyrone escapes out the back, and Phil's... Phil's just like, let's just forget it. You, you did, I, I know, you, you, you didn't mean to leave me on Friday, did you? You were just getting all quick caught up in the moment and everything. Let's act like it hasn't happened, get back to normal. You're just wittering on there I'll just to him. stop him. I think lots of people would marry Phil would at the you moment. Marry Phil? I wouldn't. Um, oh. But I think that um, he's getting an awful lot of sympathy from the uh, from the social media I'm crowd from the current viewers. He's far superior to Tyrone. In almost every way. He, he, he was, but they've really done a number on him this week, I think. Are they're you making, kidding me? I think they're making him look a bit sad and pathetic this Michael, week. Michael, you should see how sad and pathetic you get <laughs> when I'm mad at you for washing rice down the drain. That never happens. If this was in comparison, I can't imagine what you'd be like. <laughs> sorry, I... Gemma, sorry. Yeah, but the thing is, though, me. he hasn't done anything he wrong. Me. No, he hasn't done anything wrong. But he's, he's acting like wrong. he's acting like he has. He shouldn't be grovelling. He should be going, get home, wench. <laughs> <laughs> I am home, Phil. <laughs> get home, get to the house and start washing up. That's why I got married, dude. That's what I've got a wife for. I'm a rich landowner. Yeah, yeah. You should be lucky. Get down that road to Cardiff. Yeah, come on, we've got a five-hour journey. Make me some Welsh rare bit. I hear Wendy Crozier's got an excellent recipe for it. I know. So he witters on. He do- she does now. She does now. He's wittering on, um, and she has to stop him, and she says, Phil, I need an annulment. Sorry, I've made my decision. No, Fizz, you stupid he's woman. He's like, please tell me it's nothing to do I with Tyrone. I this money for my roof. <laughs> I know. I wonder how much they was, spent on that wedding. A- there was a lighted tree inside mm. a barn. I think I read on the internet the other day that that place where they filmed the wedding was where Kath Tilsley actually got married IRL. How much is it? That's some trivia. I, I don't know. I'm going to look Let's this ask up. Her. I'm very excited. Anyway, she says, look, it's nothing to do with Tyrone, honestly. Um, because he's kind of saying, yeah, you better not have got back to Tyrone because oh, I, I, I'm already kind of feeling a bit down at the moment. And if I found out that you were going out with him, well, I'd, I'd do anything that I could to stop you. Not as a threat, but just being a bit sorry for himself, really. So she's like, no, 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 it's not Tyrone at all. And so he's like, right, come to lunch with me and we'll sort out, sort this out. We'll, I'll try and, you know, talk you around. So he, he bogs off again. Tyrone comes back to number nine and Phil's talking to him about ex- how excruciating the whole um, conversation was. So they agree that they're going to keep their relationship under wraps until the annulment is through. And then I guess they'll have a big, whoa, we're together ceremony. And this this plot is a bit um, done before in soaps, I suppose. People having their secret relationships. But it's okay, I suppose. Anyway, um, Tyrone goes into the shop later and says, well, even I'm, I'm, I'm scrubbed up nicely here because I'm going to be taking Fizz out on a date later. Date. <laughs> date later. Date later. And Evelyn says, look, you, you've had a very lucky break. You better not go chasing any other women after what happened last time. You keep older, Fizz. Milado. So... Before her date with Tyrone, Fizz has got to go to the bistro with Phil. And he's dressed up in a suit, he's got a rose in his mouth. Then this mariachi band comes striding out of the back and starts... Oh, another Catholic the um link. It is, it is, isn't it? Good point. They, no, they, you need to explain the it. The sexy Mexi, wasn't it? When she was proposing to Aidan Connor, she got the mariachi band and paraded down the street to, um, to arriba go, yeah. him into um, marrying her. 
So anyway, yeah, they, they start singing along to We've Only Just Begun. Um, and Phil takes the rose out of his mouth, gives it to her. It's, it's very sweet. And Fizz, poor thing, just doesn't know doesn't know what to do with herself because she just wants a sinkhole to open up underneath her again. So um, the the meal carries on and there's, there's kind of fun and there's the, the music gets a little bit more upbeat. They do the whole... Um, fast zoom out to them it's it's kind of kind of fun stuff Fizz is absolutely mortified Debbie is loving it though this is the the most exciting thing that's ever happened in the bistro to Debbie I think that she's gonna maybe start up some Mexican theme nights or something now anyway eventually Fizz tells Phil are you still trying to find out about Catherine Tilsley's wedding I'm not no I'm finding out about Fizz and Phil's wedding oh okay fine I love the the name of the, the place of the name of the place yeah is Coleshaw Hill. Colson Smith. <laughs> Coleshaw Hill. Yeah. Which sounds like Coldslaw Hill. It does a bit. And the most expensive package they do is £16,250, okay. which is a Saturday. When do they get married? Friday. Friday. So, yeah, Friday. So that's £14,450. This is exclusive access to all facilities, excluding the lodges. Mm. That's well, they didn't even have the reception there, so they probably did it on the cheap. Well, yeah, the, the civil ceremony room is in, is in £950. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, what am I up to? And eventually, Fizz tells Phil that um, this might have been an unexpected treat, but nothing, honestly, nothing is going to change. I still want to have an annulment, and Phil will not take no for an answer. He is absolutely determined I that he can so charm Fizz round. He just loves her. I it's know. pure and beautiful. It's not like... Tyrone and Fizz's dirty little <laughs> sneaking around like a pair of ferrets. Fez at ferrets, that was, um, was it Barry the Ferret, the dancing yeah. ferret from 1967 where the field recorder. Anyway, he says, look, just give me two weeks and if you still feel the same way, then fine, I'll pay for the annulment myself. Which put How much me, is it? Put me in mind of uh, Les Dennis on the uh, Family Fortunes. If it's on the board, I'll, get, I'll give you the money myself. So Les Dennis quote, Michael Radwell is a link. Anyway, back at home, Tyrone brings Fizz a big bunch of flowers. I've got another great Michael Rodwell quote. What? Would you like a flake with that? <laughs> Very relevant to yes. today's it uh, was, it was. Anyway, yeah, she wants to postpone their date. She says, look, I've just been on this uh, awkward um, meal with Phil. Um, I'm on a bit of a downer now, actually. But look, all we need oh, to do is wait two weeks. Make me feel sad. Two weeks, and then it could all be over. She's just as bad as he is, as far as I'm concerned. They could both die in a ditch. Oh, no, I love them They're both. the worst couple on Coronation Street. Get to the discussion point at the end, Set Gemma. Them on fire. Tyrone comes <laughs> round into the Rovers, and Phil's there, drowning his sorrows. Ty's got an actual surprise when Phil tells him what's happened and about the two weeks and everything and he says to Tyrone can you just like big me up to fizz a little bit try and convince her to take me back he's so innocent he thinks he's got friends but he doesn't he's got no friends vipers he's got that one guy that turned up to the wedding the person that was on the um, defence I know it's like (laughs) why doesn't Phil take his mate on the mini moon Uh, I know he doesn't have maybe the same sort of bromance with him as he does with Tyrone Oh yeah, must have done. Um, so anyway, Tyrone goes back home again to tell Fizz what's happened, and now isn't this very awkward? But anyway, it's only awkward for a little bit because before long she's tempted him upstairs for a quickie. Back in the pub later, <laughs> post post bonking, Tyrone tells Phil that he's been talking to Fizz about what a great guy he is. Phil wants a blow by blow account of this. 
Um, and that's what we see. He can't, because he doesn't know. He d- no, he, uh, he's lying. He is lying. Later on, Fizz t- fills Evelyn in about the whole two-week um, malarkey, and she says, I think your, your scheme sounds nuts, to be honest with you. Meanwhile, at the Rovers, Phil is totally bladdered by this point, saying how great a friend Tyrone is, and he raises a toast to getting Fizz back to where she belongs. In my kitchen. In the kitchen. Tighter oven. Tyrone and Fizz on Wednesday get caught out by Hope and Ruby. It's like they're having every episode, somebody new finds <laughs> out about <laughs> them. Because um, they'd heard Tyrone snoring last night, it was kind of funny. Um, and they have to tell them that they're back together. But girls, you've got to keep this a secret. Especially Phil can't know. Because um, Fizz says, Look, I want to be the one that tells him, so you need to keep quiet about it. So they kind of go along with that. Oh, I can't wait to tell him, let me do it. <laughs> Tyrone suggests to Fizz that they go to couples therapy later for an MOT. I like this bit because Tyrone says to Fizz, Listen, I've been thinking, and Fizz gets oh, yeah. this horrified look on her face. Like, this is not your strong suit. You really should not be dabbling in, in the thought process of anything. Fizz Stape, I'm afraid I've been thinking. <laughs> Dangerous pasta. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fizz goes off. Tyrone gets a phone call from Phil. He needs help from Tyrone. And um, also George, because he... Um, no, yeah, Tyrone gets a phone call. George is involved Stop. in this in some reason. George, George Shuttleworth. You're waving um, your hands around very dangerously. Don't do me very dramatic. It doesn't... You're going to spill tea, tea everywhere. my legs. Um, I did that the other day at school. What? You waved your of, hands around? I know I spilled tea all over my trousers in the middle of a lesson. Very embarrassing. Um, anyway, <laughs> but it helped because it was a science lesson about properties and materials and I could talk to them about my trousers not don't being talk, permeable. Michael, don't talk to children about your wet trousers. <laughs> um, and what happened? Tyrone and George uh, have been roped in to help Phil with his Operation Love Bomb. What happened to Operation Frankincense? That's what I want to know. I like... They've given it... up... Or Incense Frank it was, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. What happened with that? Know. Later on, Phil's whole... I think he needs... They need to be careful because I'm pretty sure that Operation Love Bomb will is going to end with real incendiary devices. Do you the think? way this is going. Once he finds <laughs> out they've been behind his back. Do you reckon? Has mm. he got a I'll bit of a dark him. side? Well, I think I should bloody well hope so. <laughs> you wait till Mimi finds out. Oh, are you wearing She's going to throw cocoa at them. And then she's going to savage their face off. Phil's literally been dumped on his wedding day. And By the everyone. only two guests, this best man and his mum, have all just abandoned him. Like, yeah. you're pathetic, Phil. Maybe I don't want to be seen hanging around with you. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> um, yeah, so he his next um, uh, scheme to get himself won back into the heart of dear Fiona is to do the whole holding a ghetto blaster outside the factory blasting out some song or another that I'm sure one of our listeners will tell us what it is and um, and then Fizz comes out first weirdly uh, we some kind of commented when we were watching it why did why did Fizz know that that she should have come out when she heard the ghetto blaster yeah. it could have been for anybody I know yeah He's, she's like oh it's probably my husband trying to win back my love you know <laughs> I have two men are fighting over me at the moment but one of them doesn't know the other one's doing anything so I think I'm surprised them. Sarah didn't come out saying oh yeah you know I'm um, the best, uh, best boss in the whole of Weatherfield and it's probably um all the other people, all the other factory people in Weatherfield just wanting to poach it's, me it's for their businesses because I'm so day. awesome. Um, but no, Fizz comes out first, very embarrassed about the whole thing. Tyrone just thinks it's kind of weird. And Fizz, Phil begs her to fight for their love. Um, and then he does this, his Love Actually style card holdy thing, doesn't he? He plays, um, what was the song that they, that is oh. Once in Royal David City or something like that? Some, some unseasonal... On. So yeah, so first of all, he's doing that, the... John Cusack movie 
Yes. And then he moves on to Love Actually. Yes. And it is, yeah. It's, it's the scene is, with Keira Knightley and Sally knows what it is. And it's the, and Fizz is Keira Knightley and he's the that bloke he's off that The Walking off, Dead. Yeah. And, uh, and that, it's, yeah, he's the kind of funny, is. wasn't it? But he's, God, what's happened? He drops his cards beforehand. And Idiot doesn't even have a picture of a dead mummy, Egyptian mummy, which is what you've got to have. What? He says, I'll love you too, you look like this. Oh, yes. And it's a picture of a mummy and she goes, ha ha. I'm never going to die. I'm Karen Knightley. <laughs> I'm going to preserve myself. Yeah. Um, he drops his cards, doesn't he? And you said, they're going to be put back in the wrong order. And they were, but actually, <laughs> it as, wasn't much it. As, I, as much yeah. as I rip on this week, it, coming, that was, yeah. it was actually very well away, done. I think this funny. is an Ellen Taylor, this episode. Right, I've got okay. a feeling. And um, yeah, basically, the, he manages to get... Uh, what I, sh- what, base, what yeah. I should do is... No, what yeah. I want to do is get the words and put them to find out what he actually meant to say. I can just imagine say. if it was whoever wrote it sitting there with all these like cue cards trying it probably to probably took like... her a whole afternoon just to write that one scene. Don't come in, but I'm trying to anyway, work Anyway, the... Uh, it, the, he ends up coming up with such gems as you are beneath me and yep. I love your wind. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit later when Tyrone says to him, oh yeah, she can get a bit windy, can't she? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as he probably discovered last night. That's that's how... Um, if. Well, no, when he was sleeping with Fizz again. That's probably why... It's been a long time, has it? What? She was a bit windy. She was having a break. She was having a bit of a farting fit in bed, probably. I don't know. That's what would have happened if the if the, the tables had been reversed and that's Fizz had snuck yeah, round Tyrone's house and they were like, we know that Mum was here last night because we heard her blasting off the bed sheets <laughs> in the middle of the night with her flatulence. Anyway, that's enough of that. Coronation Street made us talk about farts, everybody. It's such a shame that that song wasn't called The Wind Beneath... No, The Flatulence Beneath Your Wings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fizz is drowning his sorrows again in the Rovers with Tyrone later. Yeah, he reckons... That's what I said. Oh, Phil. Sorry, Phil. Phil. He thinks he's a laughing stock, but then he comes up with a cunning plan. Tyrone, what about you come on my mini-moon with me? We can have some boys bonding time and come up with some ideas for getting Fizz back to me. And Tyrone's like, Come on my mini-moon. We'll have a ball. We'll call it Operation (laughs) Mini-Balls. Mini-Balls. Tyrone uh, gets home later, gives Fizz the update on Phil. She's feeling still very guilty about this, but she knows who she loves and it is Tyrone and not Phil. This is when he tells her Idiot. about the mini moon and she's like, for heaven's sake, that sake, like a load of rubbish. And he says, what? Like, fine, fine, fine. I will, I will tell him that um, I'm not going to go on it. I have to tell you, there are plenty of people across this country who would have gone to the mini moon even with an ex or soon to be if it had air conditioning in it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so Friday, Fizz is still fretted about this whole deal. Tyrone says, don't worry, I'm going to pull out the mini moon. It's, it's a mini moon. I, know, I think I've it's, heard it a little bit in the past few I'm years. Not. Is this a new thing? Is it in the dictionary yet? Why do we have to have these silly things like mini moon, mini break, a staycation? Like what's the, what is the go, average honeymoon then? A mi- is a mini moon just something that's a weekend? Are you going to have a normal moon? They should just call it a consummation moon. Because that's all it's for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't, look, maybe maybe he's called a mini moon because he's going to take her somewhere else. Because I, you know, I'm honestly quite surprised that he's not got a, like, five week Bermuda £50 for a barn and all the trimmings. Well, no, that, I don't think that includes food because I'm just looking oh, at the menu well, and you can go. have... Vine, tomato soup, parma ham, whipped goat's cheese, confit, duck and green pepper, corn roulette, or a seaside trio. Are we going to have to go and visit this place now? £52.95 
per person plus VAT. No now, wonder they didn't invite many guests. The main courses include chicken ballotine, fish and chips, glazed lamb leg, roast sirloin of British beef, or a rack of pork. Sounds good. You, lo- you love reading menus, don't I, you? I've got, I've got, I think I've got um, four books about menus. <laughs> 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 um, Fizz, uh, Phil comes over this is the problem with it I keep saying Fizz, Phil, for the, for, for, for. Phil comes over to the garage later and Tyrone has to make up some kind of excuse about why he can't go on the trip he's like oh I've I'm just windy. got three cards cars coming sorry I need to work on that what's that Aaron's just started yeah but he's not been in this episode so it's fine he's, he's, only a, he's only a nipper I kind of need to stay here and help him out with this now Phil's a bit disappointed by this but he says oh I understand but then he goes on to properly milk it and says oh oh yeah I'll just go on my own I'll be, I'll be okay don't worry about me Tyrone and Tyrone's like fine let's just wait and see how this work goes eh and maybe I'll be able to come along after all I'm sorry but anyone should be happy to have a friend who wants to spend time with them they should but I mean I'd be I can thrilled if somebody wanted Ty- to go on a mini moon with me oh. you don't even want to go on a mini moon I wouldn't with be me. thrilled if I was secretly knocking off his wife I I'd probably not... find that quite awkward. Whose wife are you secretly knocking off that you're concerned about this being an issue? Nobody, because I don't think I've got any friends that I could... Whose <laughs> uh, wives any... I could knock off. You've got friends, but I don't think I've even got any, any willing wives. No. <laughs> well, they're missing out. Um, Ty- Tyrone and Phil meet up in the pub later. <laughs> 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 Would you not rate me five stars? What is this Airbnb? On spouse advisor. <laughs> um, Phil still... Spouse up your life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tyrone are in the pub later. Phil's still laying it on proper thick about how awful things are for him. You can tell I wrote the notes for this because I've got no sympathy for his whining. And anyway, he says, oh yeah, I'm going alone. It just makes things worse for me. I didn't even want to get up. I wish I was dead when I woke up this what, morning. What, so you don't like Phil, you think no, I do whining? like Phil. I love Phil, but no, no, let's get to the end. Let's get to the end. We'll talk about it. So Tyron's like, fine, I'll come along on the mini moon with you. So um, he's there later. Phil is honking his horn, saying, "Come on, Tyrone, get in the car. We're going off on a break together." And he's come like, on, "Oh, do on. you want heads or tails?" Yeah, he's t- yeah, oh, he's, bless him. he's got his uh, he's got his mixtape, hasn't he? And um, they head off in the car. Kevin thinks it's kind of hilarious. So they get to the hotel. I, if I could teach Phil one thing this week, mm. it would be what a, the word playlist is. Yeah, he's he's old he's like saying, us. He's saying mixtape, but that's not what you mean, is it, Phil? It, uh, you know, he's he's in his forties though, Gemma. He didn't understand he's things past like this. It. You, you'll 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 come to realise it soon enough. Sammy Alonchambon's probably making up her mixtapes right now. I'm already feeling like I don't know what the hell's going on. I do, and also, the thing they don't tell you is once you get past a certain age, you don't care. No. You really don't care anymore. Or you feel, feel them. Anyway, they head off. They arrive at the hotel and um, they've not got the memo about the fact that this is not a honeymoon anymore. It's a lads and weekend away. Who could have foreseen? And who'd have thought? And there's balloons everywhere, little heart balloons, there's rose can, petals all over the bed. I can just imagine that um, the scriptwriter put in, like, oh, don't worry, I'll let them know that there's no, that, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a, a honeymoon suite, but the props department was like, oh, but we've bought all these helium balloons and we love putting rose petals on the bed. And they're like, yeah. just, you've got to let them do it, they like doing it. <laughs> we had to it's build the, the whole as... new set because we can use the chariot square one because Ed was there busy being electrocuted. Yeah, and it's the same reason as why you can't have a party without being a costume party, because the wardrobe department get really annoyed. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, Phil, they get to the hotel. They get to the hotel. And he quickly will try Tyrone and tries to de honeymoonify it, but um, limited success. And then the only other thing we see of them um, tonight's episode is um, Phil singing sad love songs in the shower while Tyrone reports back to Fizz over the phone about what a what a miserable old time he's having. Oh no, so sad. Yeah. And then Phil's, Phil's like, who are you talking to on the phone? And Tyrone says, room service. See, so you I hope he get does away. go and do room yeah. service after that. Otherwise, Phil's really going to be doubly disappointed. If you're already kind of feeling a bit maudlin and yeah. you think you're getting more um, room service, yeah. but then nobody turns up with a yeah. fancy cloche, that's going to just finish you off, isn't it? Yeah. So, come on. I have then. to say, I was very relieved to, to hear that there was a separate shower because that hotel room was very fancy and it had a, a big, like, gold, like, bath, didn't it? inside the room and I was thinking that's going to get awkward at some point no they're going to be having a bath they'll be sharing a bath by the end of the weekend Will Tyrone and Phil like a pair of rugby players they'll be Mm. they'll be getting all the bubble bath and everything blowing bubbles at each other you know (laughs) what they're like aww I love I really wish that that Tyrone wasn't such a sneaky little toe rag because I think that um, just made a, yes, a little he mistake. is. He literally cannot stop himself from having affairs. <laughs> he's having an affair with a woman that he's supposed to be going out with, but because he's such a sneaky little liar, it's turned into an affair. Who's he having an affair with? Fizz. Uh, she's married to somebody else, and the person she's married to doesn't know. Maybe he is going to have an affair with Phil, and then he's going to be having an affair with Phil and Fizz at the same like, time. Don't tell. Don't don't say anything. <laughs> Um, so you, did you enjoy this follow up I mean it, I feel so bad for, for Phil that's that's what Corey, I, th- I think that's what Curry wants us yeah. to feel yeah but it's supposed to be a joke though isn't it because he's like, he's making funny you know he's singing funny songs and being maudlin I don't know whether there will be a um, a moment where it suddenly flips and we feel genuine sadness for him yeah, because um, it's kind of comedic it, sadness yeah, at the moment, yeah. isn't it? To have him singing all by myself in the shower, it's just, oh, isn't it kind of funny? And they're having the ghetto blaster holding up and the, and the Love Actually stuff. And then he, he's just like, he's, he's coming across being really desperate. And I think um, Phil was a bit more serious a character. I mean, he was, he was just a nice, nice guy, wasn't he? But he wasn't, I don't, wouldn't say he was a joke up till this point. And that, that's what this week feels like they've made him. It's because they want us to... Um, they want us to be championing Fizz and Tyrone, don't they? Yeah. Well, I already am, no, so wrong. I don't need this. And you're like, I will never, you're never deficient. accept Fizz and Tyrone again together. So what's the point of doing all this? Yeah, but, I mean, there's something wrong with you, obviously. That, no, right, I take it back. Listen, I've decided I've, I'm going to make a, um, a mid-year resolution. I'm not going to be judgmental anymore of, of anything. And in fact, I'm going to go so far as to say that I'm going to... Uh, if you're a judgmental person, I I cast you out. In fact, I hate judgmental people. I think they're the worst. <laughs> I get it. You're doing there. Um, the, 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 this is this is suffering a similar fate to the Tyrone, not Tyrone, Abby, Imran, Toya story, where there's three characters that are at loggerheads a little bit, and you're supposed to be picking a side. And Coronation Street really want you to be on a certain side, but I kind of like all of them and. I'm enjoying, I've been enjoying watching them together, but now there's the fallout, it's like, oh, now it's, I'm not really enjoying it so much anymore, because not only is Phil looking a bit sad and pathetic, but Tyrone and Fizz, I think, are coming across as being very sneaky and devious, and I don't like watching... What do you mean coming across? And I don't really like that, but I I do think that we're supposed to be 
cheering them on, you know, we're supposed to be on their side. Despicable. Um, any, any, any thoughts about this, Gemma? Opinions? Tell us what you thought. I've already, I've already made it quite clear how I feel about do you these think, two retrobates. Do you what, think that they are going to get... What, what, yeah, retrobates. They've got two weeks, Phil gave them, and, you know, in the time weird timeline of Weatherfield, that, that's basically six days, months. isn't it? But So they're halfway through already, and he's none the wiser, so is he going to find out by the end of next week? He's going to find out, and then he's going to be like, you're not getting an annulment out of me, Fizz and Tyrone. I'm going to make life very difficult for you. Do you think he will, actually? Mimi's going to come and tell you off. Do you think he will find out? Of course he's going to find out. This is a soap. I don't need it stringing along for any longer. The only things that remain secret forever are the things that we'd actually like to see revealed, like... Imran finding out about Gary killing Rana and <laughs> yeah, where's the report that's and true. where's Gary Gary killed Rick mm. Nick Dick, no. I'm, I made my prediction in last week's podcast was that Phil would be um, exiting Weatherfield on Monday yep, doesn't it? I thought he's, that's going to be the no, last of him I told you you were going to be wrong no, and I was, I was right. totally wrong I was totally wrong I just <laughs> but the, the longer this stretches out and the, the more pathetic Phil is made to look... Stop saying the more, pathetic. Well, he does, doesn't he? You're the, pathetic. The, the, the more I'm going to wish you? that this story is over. Um, I'm, I'm, semi, I'm semi-enjoying it. The, the mariachi stuff was fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, you know, being secretive is kind of all right. Is, do you think that... He, how's he going to find out? Is he just going to end up walking in on them snogging? It's going to be saying basic as that. I don't know. I don't know. That's boring. There's no reason that Hope and Ruby should tell them, is there? Uh, Can I just point out that Fizz... Um, Fellas put more effort into winning Fizz back this week than Tyrone has spent thinking about Fizz for the past two years. No! Yes. Tyrone has been wanting to yes. get back into Fizz's pants He's, for the last six months or Tyrone so. Tyrone is a dog. And he has cheated on on Fizz loads of times, and now he's now he can't even like he can't even be a decent bloke and say let's just wait until you have sorted out your stuff with Phil. He thinks anything he wants, he wants it immediately, and he doesn't care he's who just he hurts. A bit random. I don't. He doesn't care who he hurts or how <laughs> bad it is or what the fallout's going to be, and he has got the audacity to go on on holiday with Phil and act like it's a big massive inconvenience for him to comfort the man that he's actively hurting all along he's just a horrible <laughs> disgusting emotional wreck but of he man. didn't want to go on the honeymoon Jeremy. he was really trying hard to get out of it but because he's so sympathetic and kind he thought he'd better go along with it because he doesn't like to see his mate suffering hanging's too good <laughs> i'm gonna have him hung drawn and quartered um, I did enjoy, and you you might oh, you might hate Tyrone, but we both did have a chuckle at his Jack Duckworth impression today, that was didn't funny. we? What was he saying? Don't know. It was the it was the. Oh, I'm going to go and chew on somebody in the guinea. Yeah, that was good. Um, I also enjoyed Evelyn listening to her podcast about nut allergies. Oh, when was that? Monday? It wasn't about nut maybe? allergies. It was about murdering people and pretending that you didn't know they had a nut allergy. I think. Oh yes, that's or it, something like that. Yeah. Nice to get another podcast shout out. Right, that was that story. Whenever they put that, whenever they do that, I'm always like, oh, we do a podcast. We do one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I, it, it, that, was, that was fine, but anyway, I've made my thoughts on that storyline very clear. So Gemma, I'm going to pass There's Someone About Maria over to you. On Monday, 
Ardy tries asking Kelly out for a drink after he comes out of the barbers, but she's like, oh, I'm busy, I can't, got stuff to do. They've been too busy doing the do-gooder. Then she drops her bag on the floor and all this money falls out. So Ardy chases Kelly down the street going, where's this all this money from? So she has to take him to the cafe to explain everything. So this is the money that was found underneath Rick's floor a couple of months ago, wasn't By it? By Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, he gave it to her. Yeah, and then she she kind of disappeared mysteriously into the tram station at the end of that episode. And I think we have known... Oh, was it this week when we found out that what she was actually doing with it? I can't remember. Am I right in remembering it was like 40 grand or am I just I don't putting that out of at nowhere? All. I don't know. She's got lots and lots of money and she tells Ardy that this is Rick's money and she's trying to give it back to the people that he took it from. Yeah. And she's like, he thinks that sounds risky and that he she should talk to Gary about it. I just ima- I'm just imagining, that, like, I know Kelly's got a job now working in the barbers, but imagine if she ever gets a job in a bank, she's going to be so confused. <laughs> can you imagine like you finish paying your mortgage and then like a guilty looking teenage girl turns up on your doorstep going you've overpaid interest I'm going to give you back £100,000 I don't know what you were thinking I feel really guilty I don't think she understands what loans are do you no. know what I mean like they knew the terms and conditions when they signed up for it <sighs> so she comes home later and she turns down tea for a shower and an early night because I don't, don't want to hang around Gary and tell him about her little uh, oh, that's enterprise. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I see the significance now. Mm. Wednesday, she goes to Nibbles and Drinks with Maria because Maria's like, oh, I need to go to a council do, council do, to butter up the bin men. <laughs> right, in this ep- right in this week's episode, I'll butter up bin men. Yeah, because they're all still mad at her. And so they go to Chariot Square and they're all both, you can tell it's a, a posh do because Maria and um, Kelly are both wearing blazers. Mm. Kelly's not come on a pink hoodie to that. No, she's, she's dressed up very nicely. Then somebody comes up to Maria to say, well done for sticking to your guns. And then Jimmy's like lurking about being all, all mean and he, he confronts Maria and then Kelly jumps in to defend her. And then he's like, I'm warning you. <laughs> and then he kind of like walks off like, hooray, I did it. And then... I told her. This sleazy guy comes over. He's such a slimy little sleaze. He's called he's called Darren. I don't think it, that it's got anything to do with him being sleazy. And he says, I work in environmental health. I don't know why. Who, it's like, who cares? Okay. Before long... Well, just, you know, Maria probably cares an awful lot about environmental health. I don't think she does. Environment, you say? Is that about healthy sort of, planet? It's not the same thing, is it? I she think doesn't it should be know. renamed. She doesn't know anything about anything. I don't think she does. Um, and he's like, oh, I recognise you. Where do I recognise you from? <laughs> that was quite good as freaky, it slowly dawned freaky. on us. Like, oh, he recognises like, her from the video. She, he's like, she says, I don't know where you mean. He goes, she, he goes oh, yeah, I recognise you. And she's like, what? Because I'm a counsellor. He's like, no, from your video. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, hmm, I like your video. And she's like, listen, mate, that was a deep fake. And he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, do another one. And then he walks off. Oh, so entitled He's so leery and creepy. He's horrible. Yeah. So Maria walks home and then she gets a message that this is creepy too. A message that says a third party device has been traveling with you and the owner can see your location. And she's freaking out. 
And um, she imagines it's the hotel creep coming after her, but she can't see anybody around. Oh, yeah, they make it all artsy, don't they? They yeah. have her, the, the hotel creep and Jimmy walking down the road, and then she kind of looks back again, and it's just some it's you know, random... In a rain, in a rain <laughs> it's just some random uh, citizen. Yeah, so um, she's she tells Gary that she's being followed, and she oh, starts no. panicking and going through her bag, and then George walks up, but she doesn't know it's him, and she sprays him in the face. Face full of mace. And you're, you're too blame. blame. Can I tell you, it, it, it can't be mace because we're not allowed mace well, in this country. Spray. We're not allowed pepper spray Why either. Why use? What? We're what not allowed they... to use... Women aren't allowed to use anything to defend ourselves in this country. And I think it's ridiculous. Did she have a taser? Should have been that. Yeah, but if she had a taser, have she'd have to go, Taser, 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 fire. Is that how you do it? Yeah, you've got to shout taser three times. Uh-huh. And then you've got to turn around in a circle and go, Sailor Moon. So what would she have had in her handbag then? Maybe it was breath spray. <laughs> Maybe it was whatever sprayed Sarah Lou in the face in the factory. Oh Maybe yeah, she's got like a... <laughs> I forgot about Maybe that. Maybe she's got some like air freshener. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean. I hope, I hope that whatever it was that she sprayed him was didn't you know contribute to any more holes in the ozone layer. She doesn't care didn't have about that. Does she? Season or anything. See, when I was a kid, we had to worry about uh, holes in the ozone layer and. Acid rain, and we figured that out. So yeah. I don't know what the kids today are worried about. <laughs> just get on and solve the problem. I hope Maria has roll-on deodorant, otherwise she's just a massive hypocrite. Basically. No, she probably gets her deodorant from Lush, and it's like a big pile of crumbly organic um, nettles. <laughs> she just kind of rubs it on. You rub it in, and then you like all day long. You're kind of crusty and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's going of... around just with a sense of smug self-satisfaction, knowing that What's she's that a smell? the pandas. Satisfaction. <laughs> anyway, um, he gets she sprays him in the face, and he and then says, "Oh, I'm nothing really, really comes. Of I'm that. really sorry." And he he's nice. He says, "I'll take you to the cafe and help you look." George um, is just like getting in other people's stories this week, isn't he? He's like, I'll help you with Operation Love Bomb. I'll help you by getting sprayed in the face. Yeah, let me help you find an air tag. This is also funny. They go to the cafe and she's rooting around in her bag. And then <laughs> Nina that. says, oh, I think it's this. And Maria's like, how do you know it's that? And Nina's like, well, it, it looks like a tracking device. And also, do you recognise it? Did you pack did you pack this in your bag yourself? Why yeah. did Maria not recognise it and question Nina as to what what it was? Well, you know, she's a counsellor now, she doesn't have to pack her own handbag in the morning. She has her was, aides to do that for her. Wherever it was she sprayed in George's face, she's been huffing far too much of it. <laughs> yeah, so it was just a little like um circular kind of compass looking. I'll tell you what it looked like. It? it looked like a pog. It did look like a pog. See yeah. back in the day they could have Tracked all the kids with pogs. <laughs> yeah, all the ones that played hooky from school to go and do swapsies. Yeah, naughty. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's like, oh, somebody must have put it in my bag at the hotel. And then she stamps on it. And then she goes home to talk to Gary. And he's like, okay, we'll take it to the police. And she's like, oh, I stamped on it. <laughs> and he's like, you d- absolute donut. <laughs> well, she's, she don't want to be trapped back home, does she? She's petrified. So they go to the police station together. And the, the police officer's like... Um, nobody's done a crime against you. Just checking in my police rule book and actually it's fine to do that. But it surprised me. It didn't surprise me at all. Uh, it, that really, 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 they need to make a law about that pretty quickly, don't they? They don't care about women's safety. But it's not just about, it's women, men, whatever. Anyone can oh, okay. get a tracking device oh, planted Oh, right, okay. Because it, it can affect men, we should definitely do something about it. Well, no, I'm just saying, whoever it affects. Michael, I'm, I don't, well, you know, you know me... I'm I'm a pro woman person and I'm focused mostly on women. Yeah, 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 I know, but right. It's... So I'm going to say that 
Um, there are many things that should be done for women's safety. And I'm also going to point out to you, most of the people that have, are going to be tracked like this are going to be women. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. It probably is. And there will be men victims, but there's going to be a far more women who are who already have been. I've heard stories about this. Well, I people remember... put them on on cars and stuff. Yeah, it's like it's something that like something that used to be out in spy movies, isn't it? When they put yeah. a, put it underneath your underneath your boot or whatever your car, and then yeah. you, you James Bond tracks you down the road. To, it used to be a little metal box with like a big uh, flashing red light and like an antenna coming out of it. Yeah, and then you have your the radar to follow. But it just it seems utterly crazy to me. But I remember when Apple revealed their air tags. I'm sure they weren't the first company to do it but you know what they're like and people were saying hang on a minute can't you use these to stalk people and they're like yeah but we're going to release them anyway they're good for finding your keys and it, I just I, I don't like that I don't like it one bit but no um, I know it, and, and the police the police officer is like yeah sorry about well, that well the thing is though I mean is it really I mean what crime it's not a crime to to put something in somebody else's bag. No, there are loads of things that aren't crimes that should be. Like the thing I was telling you, you can park your car on somebody else's drive and there's nothing they can do about it. Mm. As long as you're not blocking somebody's vehicle from the from joining the highway, you can go and park your car on when, someone's driveway and all they can do is go, oi, and that's it. Driveway. Didn't the officer say um, if they're... If it, if we were able to get evidence to show that they had like nefarious intent or if they intended to harm you or something then we could pursue a case against them but if all they did was want to know where you are then that's fine okay but listen i mean to argue the other the other way on this it's kind of a bit like what happened with yasmin and jeff and his coercive control and like looking after after money like it's not illegal for jeff to give her 20 quid budget to do the shopping but it is if it's part of a pattern of behaviour that is harmful to her. Mm. So in the same way, I guess you know it's not it's not illegal to act, to put a tracker in somebody's bag, unless you know because you could do it by accident or I don't know. I'm trying to think of reasons why there wouldn't be one, but this is just a case of the the laws not catching up to technology quickly because our government's full of people that don't even know what emails are. Yeah, they've got a few problems of their own to sort out at the moment. Like, Blooming, what's her face? Um, Who's the woman that used to be the Secretary of Culture or whatever and she she didn't even know what downloading? She says, oh, we've improved the upstreaming for your movies. (laughs) It's... I just can't think of a... You know, the the officer said, you know, there's got to be a nefarious reason for it. I can't think of what could be a good reason for... Slipping and and I know, but you can't just go around. Bag. The thing is, you can't just go around making laws against every single thing in the world that's possible. No, oh well. I, don't I mean, know. the the solution that they've come up with, which is, which is the technology company has come up with this thing that can be used as a, a very dangerous, very dangerous purposes. They've come up with a solution, which is that your phone at least can tell you. Like yeah. I showed you the other day, I had that come up on my phone, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, some kind of tracking device. Something came up on my phone going, mm. you're being followed by a... by, a And they can tell where anyway. you are. It's creepy as hell. Because you're like... Really what, creepy. What the hell? Who's done this to me? And why? And now they know where I live. That's mm. really that's really scary. Mm. So, um, yeah. So there's no... that Unless there's intent to harm. Mm. Do you know who it is? And Gary's like, oh, I reckon it was this Red Pill 100. And um, she says... 
Um, she says the red pill 100 has been, been registered to an unanonymous IP address that we can't find out who that is. Well, the thing is, they're coming up with all this stuff and it's obvious, but there's no evidence. They can't prove mm. any of it. And the police are like, okay, you can't... Just because somebody was mean on you on the internet doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's the same person. And the policewoman didn't say this, but she's probably thinking, well, to be honest, a lot of people don't like you, Mira. You're really annoying. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't me. They probably put something in your bag so they knew where you were, so they could not be in the same place as you. Yeah, they're like, like oh, oh, God, she's just want to go somewhere for a nice drink. But I don't want Maria coming to follow me, so uh, where is she? That's fine. She's at, she's at speed dial, so I'm going to be at the bistro tonight. Yeah. So they say, what about Jimmy? And so the police officer's like, I'm going to go and investigate him first. Anyway, the whole point of this part of the story is to just demonstrate that there's no real support or help for women who are experiencing, or men who are experiencing this kind of issue. And the whole thing on the internet, I mean, there are so many stories about people getting in trouble for saying or doing something on Twitter and getting somebody gets offended and then the police go around and talk to them. And then there's, a, you know, this version of events where somebody's literally threatening somebody's life and the police are like, whoa, what do you want us to do about mm. it? So Kelly goes and speaks to Maria and she's like, oh, I'm really sorry about it, but I don't care. <laughs> this is I'm not great worried. foreshadowing. It's like, I am feeling really safe. I'm Kelly Nealon. Nothing could go wrong for me. Like... That was if that wasn't so words of doom. In I don't know. I've never felt safer in my life. Exactly. I'm not going to a love nest. <laughs> At the end of the episode, Maria says phones to call school and says that Liam's got a tummy bug and he's not coming in tomorrow. Lies. On Friday, Kelly Kelly's up early and tells Gary she's got a project. She doesn't say project. She, she says project. I'm um, disappointed. And Maria comes in and tells everybody that Liam's not going to school because he's not well. And there's lots of questioning about whether he's well or not. And uh, they're very suspicious. Yeah, they managed stuff. to hide it by not actually having Liam feature in the episode tonight, didn't they? Was yeah, he in it? I don't random. think he was in it. Ardy finds Kelly at the bus stop and offers to tag along with her, whatever this is. Well, because he knows, doesn't he? And he's he going to put an air tag in her Have you told well. Gary about this? And he, she says, no, I haven't. So, Officer Craig, he comes around. And if I was Maria, I'd, I would not be enthused at the prospect of him getting to the bottom of the case. Um, he says, Jimmy's been harassing her. There's no evidence the tracker is from him. Um, but do you want to pursue a case anyway? And she says, yes. Yeah. Don't know. So, okay. Um, and then Gary no takes... evidence, but I definitely want you to keep on harassing him back. <laughs> I know, why doesn't she just start? Why doesn't she get on the internet and, like, call herself Woman Avenger 33 <laughs> or 40 or whatever? <laughs> Go on there and start saying Jimmy smells. Jimmy's a thin <laughs> You know what I mean? Just be like, Jimmy, Jimmy's a crackhead. Yeah. Just say, I saw him smoking meth. Yeah. Just start spreading rumors about him. I think that's how the story's going to end. Yeah, just put a tracking device on him and go, oh, don't need to put a tracking device on him. I think a lot of us would gain a lot of respect for Murray if she just yeah. did that. Say, Jimmy, I was going to put a tracking device on you, but I don't need to because I know what your bin round is. <laughs> I can smell you. If everyone to exactly. know, I go, oh, that's Jimmy. Why not? Why not? If he's going to be like, if he's going to be a sexist, misogynistic asshole to her, then she can fight back. Can't she? Yes. She, but she, her idea of fighting back is recording videos to go online saying, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> Leave me alone. So, um, uh, Gary takes... Oh, blah, blah. Yeah, Gary takes Liam to school because he says he's better. And then he says, let's go to the bistro later to cheer you up. Then he goes outside and um, Jimmy's loitering around um, in the gardens opposite. 
Then we see Kelly and Ardy returning to the street. They had a nice time. Evelyn comes over because Ardy told her to take over at the shop and she's not very happy. Um, and then she makes a comment about them flirting. Then when Maria comes out on the street, Jimmy starts harassing her. And this is where she should go, P, yeah, who's this? <laughs> um, she scurries inside. Normally, see, I wouldn't condone making fun of people who work hard for a living and help us to get rid of our bins. Yeah, but he's but in this one. case, he's horrible. So I say all bets are off. <laughs> so um, she, she gets upset and she runs back inside. And then Gary gets a phone call from Sharon, who's Mardi. Yes, not not Abbott Sharon. No. Not Taser Sharon. Probably Sharon. Kelly Lone and Ardy agree Sharon. to go on a date later. Then Kelly gets home and Gary rants at her because he's heard from Sharon that Kelly's what Kelly's been up to, but really he's mostly worried because he's like, this is going to bring up the whole, the whole can of worms again. about that murder that I did. Yeah, <laughs> thought I'd get away with it. So she goes and drops off down Victoria Street and then she bumps into Ardy, here's what's happened. Then he puts her foot in it because he's like, oh, well, I thought we were having a date later. And she's like, yeah, I thought we were as well. And he says, oh, what are you wearing? Is that not that? And she's like, yeah, this. And he's like, oh, well, I was going to dress up. And she's kind of like, love she's, me for she's my She's not hoodie. in the mood, yeah. <laughs> I, it's a heat wave, I'm wearing a hoodie. Aren't you impressed? <laughs> I tell her I was hard. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's um, getting excited about this date. Then Gary goes off to sort things out. He, he says. was excited until she kind of, he realises that he said something that he probably shouldn't have done. Um, he finds Ardy in the shop and he um, tells him that they're having a date later and asks his advice about what shirt he should wear. Uh, apparently the white one is the best one. Kelly goes to some guy's house and the door opens and he kind of like folds himself out like this giant evil monster. <laughs> and um, she's like, so, hello, I'm a stupid girl with lots of money. Would you like some? <laughs> and he's like, brilliant, thanks very much. And when she leaves, he calls someone up and says, you'll never guess he's, not, he, he's knocked on my door. And um, doesn't go well for her. Asher finds Ardy alone in Speed Dial later. He's been waiting for an hour and 20 minutes. He could have watched a movie. Perhaps it was what he said about her clothes. She's she's concerned, and he gets a doggy bag. For some reason, Ryan's giving given him a bag of rice. <laughs> Is this how they serve rice in in a speed dial in a bag? <laughs> the boil in the bag. He says you can do this yourself at home. Good Tilda boil in a bag. All right. <laughs> so um, he comes home all sad and alone. Uh, then when Gary gets back, Maria's like, oh. Kelly hasn't come home from her date. Where could she be? She hasn't come home to change, to get ready, because she was wearing a hoodie earlier. And it's 40 degrees. <laughs> but, turns out that Kelly has been imprisoned in a love shack. Oh, no. <laughs> oh so the big, big guy was on the phone to the local dungeon master. I just love... she's been set, given her own set to wallow in, like I... Andy Carver. My, my continual fascination with Coronation Street's, like absolute uh what's the word unconscious snobbery of working class people <laughs> because there's everyone on coronation street who's supposed to be working class but they all own their own businesses and 
houses and then there's also the estate people who live on the estates and the skanky houses everybody who lives on the estate on coronation street is a wrong one aren't they and they're all criminals and then this this so this guy like kidnaps kelly off the street and then he just throws her in this murder room that he just happens to have because the estates are just full of abandoned houses (laughs) that have got a dirty mattress on the floor and like bars on the windows and locks and things i'm surprised he didn't have a doberman (laughs) well but we'll get to see won't we because this is just the tease for next week are you are you feeling titillated and uh, and enthused about seeing kelly and are we ready to be forced to be sympathetic for her again if we just all write into coronation <laughs> like, street and really, say okay we, we like, forgive her for kicking her Seb to death we like her now we like her now stop putting her in peril please <laughs> God, Bennett. See, like, I've, I've got bad sympathy for her, really, for her. Because she can only defeat an enemy that's on the floor. So if she can get the man on the floor, she can kick him to death. But other than that, she's powerless. <laughs> she didn't do it. It was Corey, Gemma. We've got to remember that. She just stood back and laughed for a little bit. And then she tried to pull him off. No, stop. Right. Um, yeah, so do you, do you think... Uh, how, long, how long is she going to be trapped in this? She's going to be out by next week? I don't really relish... I it feels... Sometimes I say things are predictable and then they don't go the way I predicted, but I still that don't, happens I still when don't I say care. Predictable. Like it, I don't feel like, I feel like I know how this is going to go. Go on then. Oh, I'm sad. Let me out. No way. You've got loads of money. You're Rick Nealon's daughter, but I don't like him. I'm trying to be a good girl. No, you're also murderous. No, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Promise. Stay in here. Here's some gruel. I don't like gruel. Oh, God, you're so fussy. What do you want? <laughs> I was going to get you on a date to speed up. All right, I'll get you some speed up. What do you want? Can you get me some chicken nahari? I'm not getting you chicken nahari. What do you want? Oh, can I have a korma? No, there's a bucket in there for the toilet. Think about it. You need something that's not spite. You need something very mild. In fact, no, I'm going to get you a hot pot. I don't want a hot pot. You can have a little bag of salad and be happy you with it. You can have it. a bag of rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, cry, cry, cry. I'm all alone. A man looks through the hole and goes, you're horrible, I'm going to get you. And then she cries a bit more. Gary's walking around going, oh, where is she? A dodgy man's like, oh, I know him. Sharon turns up. I'm going to help you look. They look around. Then they walk past the murder hut and she's like, oh, maybe she's in there. And Gary's like, that was too obvious. Then she goes, help me, help me. They break the door down. Big guy comes along. That's my murder hut. What are you doing? That's my, that's my captive. Oh, thank you, Gary. Fight, fight, fight. Gary says, what the hell are you doing? She goes, oh, I just wanted to right the wrongs of my father. And he says, I killed your dad. Let's go home. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> You've been looking at the late next issue of Inside Soap magazine, Gemma, because... I wrote Inside Soap magazine. <laughs> so that's how it's going to go, is it? I just, it's I just going to be a week of her crying. It's just going to be a week of her crying. A week is long Yet enough somehow looking completely immaculate and not at all dishevelled in any way. Like you might be if you were stuck in a metal yeah, hut a during a red up. alert in the hottest weather that country's ever seen. Oh yeah, that's a bad week next week to be trapped in a dungeon downstairs, isn't no, it? No, it's a perfect time to be trapped in a dungeon. Oh, yeah. Nice and cold. Not oh, a murder yeah. hut, though. No. No, not with the flaming. Oh, sorry, love nest. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't really relish this. I'm supposed to be, supposed to be feeling bad for her, but I just can't. And I also the... like another faceless criminal goon from the estates. Mm. I just don't like it. It's like, oh dear, something else bad is happening to poor Kelly. I get it. I mean, I, if it had been somebody else, I might have been a bit more upset about it or, or looking forward to it. But um, yeah, just I think it's just because it's Kelly. And I, and I have grown to like Kelly more, but 
you know, there's only so much that I can like her before I start to veer off again and start going, oh no, not Kelly again. Millie Gibson's great, but mm. let's just let her have a bit of fun, shall we? Give us some mates or something, yeah, maybe? Yeah, like, if you wanted to make me really like her, get her instead of going around going, here's some money, really sorry. She should go and knock on the door and go, oi, what was this loan for? And he'd be like, oh, it's for drugs. And then she goes, right, you're wrong, get in this murder hut. <laughs> and she just rounds up all the people that way. She could that be a way. local vigilante, couldn't she? Mm. Mm. That that would um that would rebalance the universe. She's gonna she's gonna become she's gonna be very shocked when she realizes that all the people that were taking loans out from Rick Nealon weren't all just buying paddling pools for their nans <laughs> to, to to wet their toes in during the heat wave. Mm, very true, very true. Um, so to, who do we who do we reckon is the the dungeon master? Is it gonna just be just a random man? Not not anybody that we've met it's before. It's gonna be so boring. It wait, we've met him, isn't he? Oh, you think he was on the phone to somebody interesting? Hi, somebody interesting on the phone. Can you pick up, please? This story's boring. <laughs> Hi, okay. it's me, Rula Lenska. Do you need me? Mm. Yeah. Do you, maybe uh, it's her. Maybe it is. Maybe it's Claudia going to come back. Maybe she's going to hold Kelly hostage to try to make Audrey sell her the salon. Mm. I've got your best girl locked in a love nest, Audrey. If you want your hair to be cut, you've got to let, give me money and I'll let her out. <laughs> David's next. And Audrey's like, ha ha. Arrest all my children, I don't care. Take Gail first. <laughs> Just not Stephen. God, you were on fire tonight, Gemma. You know I know, I was doing hand gestures happen. then. I had phones, I was holding phones in my face. You can't even Nobody see it knows. on the I knew, she was doing a good job. What, what do you reckon to Kelly and Ardy as a couple? It's called props work. Learn about it. What do you reckon as Kelly and Ardy? <laughs> I don't know. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, I thought, was, I thought he was kind of sweeter with Summer, but... Summer's boring. I know, I know. Um... Yeah, f- whatever. I I just... Um, is this going to be a story Move for Ardy? On. Maybe, I hope so. Um, is Ardy going to rescue her? Else? Don't yeah, know. maybe. Ardy, Gary, Next. I don't care. Okay, fine. Let's move on. So the talking of Audrey, the Love, Death and Robert storyline up next. So, um... Oh, okay, so... Right, we've got, you've got to be more positive. Okay. On Monday, there's a really brilliant scene where Don't be sarcastic. You're confusing in. sincerity with sarcasm, <laughs> which is always a problem in this country. So David's talking to Sarah. Bernie's kind of earwigging in in the beginning of Monday's episodes. David reckons... Did you say earwigging or earwagging? Wigging. Just checking. That's the word, isn't it? David reckons that Stephen's going to make them beg for this trust money. He's going to be lording it over them as as the as the the, the money keeper, and he's not happy about this. Um, Stephen this talks to Sarah later. He's like, "Hey, I didn't ask to be in charge. Sorry, it's what Mom wanted." And then he tries to do a deal with Sarah, convincing her to buy some cheap silk from his Milanese factory instead of where she usually gets Dodge. it from. And Sarah Dodgy. thinks this sounds like a fabulous idea. Um, oh but my I've God. got to run it past Carla Was first. This I'm not, not actually the boss. Another demonstration of what an utterly pathetic businesswoman Sarah actually is. Why? Because he's like, hey, Sarah, you know you're a... You're a knicker factory, and you know that I have a silk factory. Have you ever thought of buying your silk from me? Oh my God, Stephen, that's such a great idea! <laughs> well, maybe it has been brought up before, because when Carla finds out about it, she um she doesn't like the idea of doing dealings with your family, does she, or something? She can shut right up. I know, the fact that, you know, her, Johnny, she Rob, they're all in the rag trade together, so, she's weren't She's like, they? Sarah, don't... Don't do dealings with your family. You've got to shag your way to the top like I did. You can't shag your, your uncle, can you? <laughs> Think about it. You're not going to get a good price out of him. 
Um, yeah, so Carla Poop is like, that idea. You'd be surprised. Sorry, you can't, can't work with him, even if it's cheaper and it might be good for business. What an idiot. Maybe it's just They're because just she idiots. has done dealings with her family before and it's turned out to be wrong. I don't know. Well, you know, her brother did rob her. Anyway, David's still um, banging on to Sarah about speaking to Stephen about this whole trust thing. So she meets up with him and says, by the way, sorry, I can't buy your lovely silk. Um <sighs> And he says, hey, you're better than being a glorified PA to Carla. <laughs> and so they, they go back. She goes to the barbers again later. David nags her again. It felt like I was a bit Groundhog Day in this episode. David saying, hey, have you talked to Uncle Stephen about the trust fund yet? Oh, okay, I'll go and take it. Hey, Sarah, I don't want to be in charge of the okay, money. Okay, some knickers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, she says, if you've got a problem with the trust, you can speak to Stephen yourself. Um, Wednesday... Um, there was, a, there was a funny line from David where Audrey's saying about what a lovely boy Stephen is and David's like, he's 65. <laughs> Brilliant delivery They're of all waiting babies. I know. Um, and Gail says, oh, we're all at loggerheads. Why don't we have a nice family meal together? Oh, where shall we go? Oh, there's so many options for us to have our lunch in. The bistro it is. So they're there toasting Stephen So they're Stephen again, there again for the second week in a row. It, it, that was where they were last week, wasn't it? And Audrey's got the soup again and she's like, this soup is really bitter. Still, still pretty bitter. By the way, I'm pretty sure that I solved the mystery of what the hell the bitter soup could have been. Mm. Pat and Nancy on um on the Facebook group, we all put our heads together. I reckon it's watercress soup. I like a bit of watercress soup. But it can be bitter, can't it? Yeah. 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 Um, anyway. Because that really bothered me. I was thinking a lot about what the hell is she ordered? Why is it bitter? <laughs> I've suddenly put arsenic in Audrey's soup or something. <laughs> Trying to bump her off yeah. to get that cash. Here you go. Here you go, ma'am. Have this apple. Don't take the pips out. Just eat it whole. <laughs> yeah, eat the red side, not the green side. Um, before long, it all descends into bickering between Sarah and David, which is always kind of fun. Audrey leaves. David is still holding a massive grudge about Stephen taking to Sarah to Milan all these years ago. Um, Stephen's fed up all the tension too, feeling that David is clearly getting at him, so he leaves as well. Stephen finds Audrey later on, knocking back painkillers at home, and he says, um, Hey, Mom, everything was fine here before I get back. Maybe I should just go back to Milan. And Audrey says, No, no, Stephen, stay. I think it's wonderful. You're the only one that cares about me here. So Jonah, David and Sarah get home later, and Audrey is absolutely fuming because Stephen has buggered back off to Italy. David can barely contain his glee with this news and she says, oh, well, Stephen's made me feel brilliant since I, he came back. I fell over, he's doing a really good job of looking after me. You guys have all been ruining it. Um, I'm going back to Grasmere Drive, so screw you. And then um, that's and to it. to find out more about the origins of Grasmere Drive, please listen to our bonus episode about Alf Roberts oh, released yeah, exactly, earlier this week. Yeah, exactly, good plug. So at the end of the episode on Wednesday, Shonen tells David that maybe you should call Stephen and tell him not to go. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. How do you... How do, so he's probably... I don't you know, know how that's going to work. I don't know what the extension number for Italy is. <laughs> I, I thought they might do a mad dash to the airport like Chesney did for Joseph earlier he's this probably year. They've already blown that the... airport budget location shooting. He's still queuing in Manchester um, airport car park trying to get through security. Mm, probably. Um, anyway, he says, what we need to do is do something to make Audrey feel better about herself. Make her feel important. But what can it be? And they don't even think of it. 
No, they don't think about it. They spend the whole of Friday just thinking about it really quietly, going, hmm, maybe. What could it be? Well, we, I think we have kind of seen some preview pics of next week of, of what exactly I know is. what they're going to do. I do, so I can't really speculate about no, that. No, I can tell you. It's going to be, they're going to buy a silk twilly. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be, definitely. So is this, the, this, this can't be the end of Stephen yet, can it? Because there's still unfinished business between him and Elaine. Why has he come up in such a half? I was surprised that he went so quickly. The first scene he was saying, hey, maybe I should go back. And the next scene, he's, he's just gone. But um, I wonder if he's up to something dodgy. Trying no. to help Sarah. Do you, do you reckon? Is why he trying he, to get, why her, is he like get some knockoff trying to silk? Get her? Has, he got, has he got money troubles? I don't know. I've been, I, have, I must admit, I've been a little disappointed with Stephen's return. I know he was never the most exciting of characters anyway, but he's not really, really gripped me yet. Um, but yeah, he, he must come back because otherwise what's the point of, of wooing Elaine earlier this well, week? Well, what's the point of him coming back at all, really? Yeah, could they have done this story without him? Absolutely. So they I, probably pretty much so could have, I think have, he is coming they? back. I don't think he's gone. Mm. I think he's just gone home for a pizza or something. Yeah, because the story was that they don't appreciate Audrey and they just want her for her money and they could have certainly done that without but having the, done the it golden child of Stephen, uh, Stephen Reed. So anyway, watch well, this space. I mean, he had to get Audrey out from underneath the... Motorbike. He did, but I think somebody else might have been able to do this. She should have just rolled out, out from it. Mm. I'm not really <laughs> enjoying this story. I'm, I'm not enjoying the, the plants at war with each other. It just it's kind not of as feels... funny as it normally is. It's all mean-spirited. There, there, there is mean-spirited, exactly that. There, there are funny lines in there, definitely, but I just... It makes everyone into greedy, grasping little oiks, Yeah. It? And, and Audrey's also and I'm kind not... of feeling bad for Audrey but on the other hand when she starts laying into the family I'm just like calm down love they... and also when she's like Stephen's the best person who ever lived in the entire universe it's like oh, I don't know I know she, she's uh, no wonder they're kind of narked at her because she's been so also all about them compared to Stephen is she still drunk all the time or has she given up I think she's over that now <sighs> yeah so meh. whatever well, yeah, just it's it's not really working for me this storyline, which is sad for a Platt storyline because I love a good Platt story. But yeah, it has some good lines. The other one was um when uh, I can't remember what the context was, but I've written the line here where David says, "Oh, that's around the time my thirteen-year-old sister got pregnant and mentally and emotionally scarred me for the rest of her life." It was when she was talking about Stephen whisking her off to Milano. I know there wasn't a before that. I don't know, but anyway, that was a good line. I don't remember the context, so um, let's move on. Gemma. Nice work. <laughs> Thanks to your Tim story. My Tim, Tim story. Your don't say it's Tim. my Tim story. What's he been getting up to this week? The the kinky git. On Monday, he... Oh, this was funny. This was funny. On Monday, Tim gets Sally the Weatherfield Gazette from the day she was born for her birthday. That I like that. That was fun. There that were lots of lovely. great references. Whoever was um, responsible for that in the props department, very good job. Yeah, because it was a kind of... I went back just earlier on today and I did a few freeze frames because we spotted that there was an advert for Miami Modes there, didn't we? Which was the shop that Elsie Tanner worked in for a little bit in the 60s. But um, then Coropedia replied to our tweet about it on Twitter and said, oh, there were some other ones as well. So I had to look back today. And yeah, there was an advert for Gamma Garments on the first page. And that was where, that was the one that Emily and, and yeah. Leonard worked in, wasn't it? In the, in the early 60s. There was also one for the school where Ken, Ken worked at. Um, they, they could have done more. Like what oh, they really should. Up. No, no, no. What I'm saying is what, they, what I would have done. 
Oh, right, well... Is I would have looked at what happened on Coronation Street the episode before that day and then made some news event about it. And I went on Coropedia earlier and said, well, what happened on the, episode, on the 10th of July, 1967? And apparently, Coronation Street lost out to Inkerman Street in the best-kept street competition. And if that's not that front-page front page news, news on the yeah. Weatherfield Gazette, then I don't know what it is. Instead, it's some politician or something. Like Sally, Secretary uh, of Culture or something. Yeah, something it? like that. But anyway, I very much appreciated that they did this. And I, I, and I hope that at some a... point we can get to see scans of the newspaper online. It's a very amusing story about it. Was it a dancing ferret? Yes. Yeah, Barry the dancing ferret dancing along to the Beatles or something. Not as good as Jeff the talking mongoose. No. But you know, you can't have everything. If, that if was we, if, that was the Isle of Man after all. If we get to go behind the scenes on Coronation Street again and go to the prop department, I want somebody to find that newspaper for me because I it's would I would job. sit and read that. Oh, I want to go back. So I, I want to go behind the scenes again. I want to go to the writer's room again. You're not like, allowed. They I won't know let I'm you not, in. They'll beat you up. They'll no, fight you. I know, but you They'll know. They'll stab you in the eye we, with a pencil. We were talking about this a few weeks ago when I was speaking to John yeah, McBerry, yeah. weren't we? And you said, like, I would sign any... Dis- yeah. What was it? Um, any disclaimer. Any yeah. disclaimer. Anything. Anything. We would not talk about it. Ever. Ever. If somebody would let us in. Just have a little look, because I'm really, really fascinated to see what is going on behind those glass doors in like the in the publicity room and the writer's room and everything. I would literally, I swear everybody, I'd be really, really quiet about it. I... Because we've seen like behind the scenes and the sets and everything now, I really, really, really want to know what's going on behind the rest of it. Anyway, just putting that out there. Well, I often, you know, like when you watch uh, like 28 Days Later or like Dawn of the Dead or whatever and there's a zombie apocalypse and you're like, oh, if you, if that is all, everyone else is dead and like you could go anywhere, where would you go? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd go into the Tower of London and steal the crown jewels or I'd go to Harrods and take all the fashion or I'd go to the... (laughs) Take all the fashion. That's what I'd do. (laughs) I'd go to, I'd go to like, um, I'd go to a car place and get a Ferrari or, you know, I'd find Hamilton's... Yeah. Race car and we'd, drive we'd just it back. Be da- we'd People just like, go to, go to the writer's room at Coronation Street and we're going to find out all the stories yeah, that were going to happen, exactly. but now we're not. Like, no, there's not going to oh, be Coronation really Street. We're going to have to go and break in and see what they were up to. We're going to have to go around everyone's houses and break into all the actors' houses and see if they've got any scripts. I, I'd, I'd be go there and then I'd take a stop over under Nintendo offices in Japan and find out what games I would also not get to play. But I yeah, guess they'd have true. development copies of them that I could have a little go on. You could do. I mean, that is the per- that is a really a funny concept for mm. a zombie movie like in a world where everyone's dead two nerds set out to discover what would happen in Coronation Street <laughs> that would be my base of operations and I'd be sitting on the top of the Tony Warren building taking like, shots like at with a rifle <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then all the and it would be like in um was it was it Dawn of the Dead where they're standing on top of the shopping centre and they're shooting everybody because they look like celebrities? But in our case, it really would be celebrities, all the all the zombified Coronation Street actors. Yeah, it'd be and me, you, like, and like oh, Dan Archibald oh, or Alison Sinclair or something. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I, I, I'd love it's like, that. It's William Roach. I can't do it. Make I can't it do it. <laughs> we can't we can't kill William Roach we've got to keep him somewhere yeah, he we've got to lock him up he's, now he's a zombie he never, he'll never die yes I reckon that William Roach made the zombie apocalypse happen <laughs> you just imagine like in Apocalypse Coronation Street like Coronation Street episode 500 million two <laughs> what's that Ken <laughs> brains that's right yes yes you are the cleverest <laughs> yeah, person on are. the street Ken we know <laughs> We know, you used to work for a newspaper. <laughs> you wrote a book. 
<laughs> we're right, we've diverged a little bit. That was quite fun. Back to Sally <laughs> and Tim, Gemma. It's her birthday. She's got a newspaper. Oh, yeah, That's got... how we got to this very long-winded um, rambling about, about Korean apocalypse. Can you see the link we made there? Yeah, I, I get it. So she, he wants to do something nice for her, but she just wants to relax in the hot tub. So they go to the hot tub and Sally's like, remember, not to ship the therapist says we cannot touch each other. Just gotta look at each other's eyes in but the hot tub. But he's getting all randy and then they leap out of the tub to go and uh, consummate her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> they come down later. Not really your birthday unless you go out and have a bit of rumpy pumpy. Not your birthday unless you've been wearing your birthday suit. Yes, exactly. So they come down later. No, <laughs> did not work. And Tim is sick of himself. Joe Dutton is so great at looking mm. downhearted when he comes down those stairs. It's so funny. And Sally's like, never mind, Tim. Don't it worry, happens I... to everyone. How many times has she said that this past six months? So he goes down, he goes for a walk, all sad, but she finds him at the pub later and tempts him home with a takeaway. On Wednesday. Wednesdays is great. Sally tells Tim <laughs> that she's been listening to an interview with Sting. <laughs> oh, jeez. I said as soon what as it yeah, was. As soon as, soon as she, she said Tim, you went. I'm like, tantric. I think literally anyone of a certain age <laughs> in this only... country, if you hear the word Sting, you go, tantric sex. The, I don't know anything. Was he in the police? Is that is that right? I don't, or was he a fireman? Or was he a giant bee? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> really I think he was in police, jokes. but I don't know any songs. Um, I don't know any speak. Uh, oh no, they did that. Every little thing that she does is magic. That was a police. Song, Every little it? thing that she does is magic. I like my magic lady. <laughs> I don't know. My name is Sting, and I like to shag lads. Let's go For home and time. have a party. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only Sting stuff we know. That is our favourite Sting song. Yeah. So let's <laughs> all go and have a, st- a old fashioned Sting song around the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Tinkling the ivory, Zena. Oh, I think I think the heat has cooked. The, probably the part of my brain that's responsible for rational it's thought. It makes a great podcast. Don't worry about it. We don't um, need no summer's robot. Okay, so Sally's like, let's do tantric sex in the Rovers, which sounds really boring and long, and just a, a really uh, inefficient use of time. <laughs> Tim, Tim's embarrassed about talking about that kind of stuff in the Rovers and Aggie's at the bar, she's listening in and smiling to herself. I would be, I'd be up the other side of the bar faster than you could say sting dot dot dot. <laughs> but she seems to find it interesting. Yeah. Then, um, she's reading a book in Victoria Garden. She's probably like, I'm singing this book about Sting and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Tim meets up with her um, and he sits down and she says, don't embarrass, don't be embarrassed. I didn't hear anything about, about anything to do with anything. Don't know what you mean. Don't know who Sting is, what police what. And he says, um, she says, if you want to talk to me about your problems, you can. So he's like, oh, my little problem's not getting any better. He's still not been open to her about what the problem is, even though it's patently obvious, I'm sure. To She's her. probably like, he's got bum problem. <laughs> he can't do a, he can't do a number two very comfortably. That's probably what she's thinking. Yeah. She's going to go in and she's going, oh, Ed, poor Tim's constipated. <laughs> and Sally's getting really upset with him. Yeah. Um, so he... If you, if you try you give him some of my laxatives, they've worked wonders on me, Aggie. I bet I know what works wonders in the Bailey's household. It's just anything Aggie cooks. <laughs> yeah. Runs right through you. <laughs> right, so anyway, Aggie says... Oh, wait, sounds... When Ed got knocked back by the electric, the force of the electric shock, he probably left a stream of diarrhea no. from the radiator to the bed. <laughs> that was not needed. Not Michael. a visual image we needed on this okay, podcast. Okay, so Aggie says... Um, 
Sounds like Sally's not giving up and neither should you. So we've so, got a new plan. He's <laughs> like, I know what. Scene of the week. <laughs> this just, I found this very implausible. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> he goes home and he's like, I am, I know what I, I shall I do. I hear there's naughty ladies on the internet. Someone told me in the pub. <laughs> he's like, I went I think into it the was toilet. Probably Steve. I'm, I'm going to boggle adult videos. <laughs> what does he put in? He's like, because we, we took a screenshot of that later, he looks for adult videos, normal ones or something. <laughs> it's quite funny. Normal porn for normal people. Yeah. Um, he boggles it and he ends up on, on a website which was Naughty Videos 101. Which sounds like it came from, you know, the late 90s, it, doesn't no, it? It sounds, like, it sounds like a guide to how to start on OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. So... No. He, so he says, I'm doing it for you, love. And then he he looks at a picture of Sally and then presumably turns to the 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 computer where he's going to watch an erotic video. Yeah. You, if, you are, if, you, if you haven't been back and screenshotted some of the Vogel search results that Tim gets, then um, then do because it, there's like, like a list of 10 um, pre-watershed friendly porn site names that the Coronation Street people had to come up with to, to appear on the search results. It's very amusing. I think And the actual site itself looked like it came from the 90s as well, didn't it? It was... Yeah, it was. It, it was, was kind of funny. old school. I'm surprised but you didn't... who knows? Maybe that's what they do look like. I wouldn't know. I'm surprised you didn't end up on DirtyWidows.com. Dirty Widows. <laughs> you put out a tweet, didn't you, about other um, other possibilities for, for uh, Corrie-safe adult websites that they could have used. We got um, a few different suggestions. Yeah, we did. I don't Georgia know Taylor can... suggested LuckyBurglar.com. I remember it's a very nice <laughs> reference great. to uh, Sally and Tim from oh, earlier in the year. Oh, where can I find it? We've done so much nonsense tweeting. You've done so many nonsense tweets in the meantime. Oh, um, no, okay. No. No, keep looking. Keep okay, looking. so I came up with London Lovelies. Oh yeah, Jack Walker reference. Weatherfieldwives.com, um, sexymexy.edgy, and then we've got um, <laughs> Lucky Burglar, um, factorygirls.com.com, this is Cheshire Chris, victoriastreetsecret.com. Oh, nice. Um, uh, town and Country website, Soap, came up with boeingandbabes.com and taxigirls.co.uk. <laughs> And then we had Carl Sutton, who came up with Rampant Rovers. Yeah, that's, my, that's one of my favourite ones. I can't Rampant read Rovers. some of these. <laughs> Ken, I am Ken Barlow, upthegiggle.com. Brilliant. Dis- so, disgusting. Anyway. He, um, I don't know why this is the first time he's ever discovered this. Uh, maybe he's of the generation who ha- would have to stumble into the woods and find a dirty magazine yeah. in a pile of like ca- beers. Um, maybe beer. that's what they should have had and done, and he could have found Rick Nealon if any of you are still there. If these storylines had crossed over earlier. Mm. Yeah. So Sally comes home later, and they share a few glasses of wine, and he says, um, "Sally's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push you anymore." And he says, "Don't worry, I've got some ideas to how I can get myself in the mood." Yes. Um, yeah, which is going on porn sites, I guess. I was expecting him to find Maria's um, video. I know. But I, don't, I think that would have... Because this is supposed to be like a slightly gentle humour kind of story. And I and I think that I the... Yeah. I think that the reality of the origins of some of this pornography that Tim is going to come across, they don't really want to make it obvious to people. Like, it's not a story about 
Do you know that a lot of these women were actually probably trafficked or underage or this isn't even actually them or they never gave permission for this video to be uploaded? Oh no, oh porn is unethical, oh it's not a story about that, it's about no, they, naughty videos We don't want them stumbling into Asher's video or anything like that Exactly, the, the, this is the thing about it right, there have been so many stories here about, I mean like even going back as far as death, mm. how, many, how many people on Coronation Street have been exploited for things like this and then... Death. His, Giant naked picture of an Victoria Court. What he found. There's <laughs> a bunch of pictures of uh, naked shop owners. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole calendar if you want to buy one. I said, yeah, that's true, actually. Oh my God, it's Kevin. <laughs> and me. Mm. He was in it, wasn't he? Not me, me. Me, Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, it was kind of funny. I, I don't, do you think it's, because it, it's semi-issuesy, isn't it? But you're right, we don't want it to get too serious. It, it could kind of go down to like a, at a naughty sites addiction route, maybe. And then he kind of doesn't need Sally anymore because he gets his kicks elsewhere. <laughs> Imagine if he's like, why the hell did I get married? I can get all these women for free on the internet. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but then, I mean, but oh, but this whole gonna, story... Who's going to wash my pants? This whole story <laughs> has been really pushing the boundaries of what is acceptable to talk about and show on Coronation Street at have, 8 o'clock at night. They couldn't even have pregnant women, could they? Like at a certain point on television, no. it inferred the existence of sexual relations, mm. and but now you've got a man googling, voggling. This, this really, this is. I think this is like the the raciest stuff that Coronation Street has ever had on Coronation Street. Don't you think? Yeah. It feel it feels like are they allowed to talk about this on Coronation Street? But anyway, it's it's, it's funny. I have enjoyed that this week as much as I. I'm just really about this like. Week. Where well, is this going? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I, I, I know, like... I, this is a story that I would have expected would have finished about three or four months ago, <laughs> but, but I'm not complaining that it's still going. It's one of these ones that kind of pops in every couple no. of... Every, you know, it pops in for a week, then yeah. it disappears for a month, and it's still kind of... You get some kind of um, comedy out of it, and you go, oh, that was good, and you know, moving on. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm saying, I don't know where this is going, because he says... When Sally comes home, I've got an idea about how I can get myself in the mood. Yeah, and I think he's no, just... But... <sighs> yes. I know, I think his... Uh, his yes. You know, having a look at naughty sights before taking oh, I... Sally to bed. Yes, I know. Yeah. I'm not Sorry. thick. I watched the same thing you did. What did I'm you? saying is, is that there can't be a scene where he's there with a laptop in the dark, his face illuminated by <laughs> thousands of digitised boobies that we can never see before, you know, the watershed. And then he suddenly goes... His, his laptop rises into the air <laughs> and then he rushes upstairs. They could. can't have that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they can have. Maybe. I'm sorry, Michael, but I'm glad your great aunt is dead because she would not appreciate this at all. We get know, a letter. She wouldn't, she wouldn't like this. She wouldn't like it at all. Um, can I just say before we move on, Tim, um, somebody needs to teach you about private tabs because I think anybody... Incognito mode. <laughs> incognito mode is a thing and I think if anyone were to go on your laptop and because apparently nobody in Weatherfield has passwords on their laptops. Oh, Crozier, for goodness sake, no. Somebody's going to go on there, find out, you know... Type in what did he end up going to? Naughtyvideos.com. Somebody Naughty trying to go on to find, I don't know, National Geographic. They mm. type in NA and it's like, what the hell is this? I mean, Tim seems so innocent to me that he might have been able to get off with just National Geographic. That's yeah, what maybe. they used to do in the old days. Videos of animals doing it. <laughs> oh, put on that David Attenborough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, oh, they're saying copulating for. Watch out, Tim. Don't watch the one about seahorses. You're going to get very worried. Right, Joe, it's over to you now. Electrocute Ed. Yes, on Wednesday. And Mike, Slash Tile Street. 
Michael and Aggie are fed up with all the scaffolding outside number one and tell Ed to get up in there and fix the roof himself. We also got a little line which is a bit TMI for Michael who we find out does lots of manscaping apparently. Why did that come up? I don't know. They just wanted to give poor uh, Ryan Russell something to say. Was he like, I can't walk on the cobbles because it chafes my bits where I've been manscaping? Something. I don't remember what he said. Aggie asks Steve about the roof in the Rovers and, and within seconds, Ed and Steve are screwing up to each other, calling each other numpties. And then Aggie says, look, listen, you idiots. Ed's going to fix the roof and that is the end of that. Then Ronnie comes in and he's like, oh, Ed, I've got a great idea for you. And he, and there's a pub that I think that they want to pull down. Yeah, that's right. He wants to pull the pub down and build a new d- development. And he wants Ed to, to, to do all the work and he'll lead the b- development and put, put money in yeah, his he's, he's funding it, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to live here too. And Ed's tempted, but they don't have any money. Like, he can't put any capital in. And so I think he's like, well, you just build it and then, you know, you get, you get a stake because you're not going to get paid for it. Mm. And they're getting all excited and they're talking about, oh, what should we do with the garden? Should it be individual or communal? Oh, yeah, Paul's like really for a communal garden, isn't he? He's like, I wouldn't want that. I mean, it depends on who it's communal with. It's all very well and good until you actually meet the people that you're going to be living next door to and you realise that actually fences are brilliant. Yeah, I don't get who would choose to share a garden with their neighbours. Really? Do people like that? If you had the choice, I wouldn't. No. Aggie comes in and says... But they do literally have the choice of whether to build it or not. So I would choose the one that people might want to buy more. And Paul is being made out (laughs) to be some kind of architectural genius by suggesting we don't put fences separating them. It's weird. I don't know. Maybe there are people out there that like it. But not me. Then should we put a giant crystal in the back garden? Should we, Paul? Mm. You hippie. (laughs) Aggie comes in and she does not seem very enamoured with the project. And especially because Ronnie's involved. Mm. Then on Friday, Debbie is trying to persuade Egg... Ed to inspect the, her cracks at the hotel. Oh, 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 oh. Michael, you cannot ever look down on Coronation Street for its um, silly. I hold Coronation Street to much humor. higher standards than I hold myself. Aggie says he can't because he's Once busy this with the roof. Podcast been going sixty years. Then I'm no, I mean, totally scrape the bottom of the barrel. Um, Aggie spends the whole week moaning at Ed for doing work and saying he's got to do the roof. Just leave him to it. Anyway, Ronnie drives up with his van and Debbie's told him that he's got to do the hotel and then Paul finds out that he's supposed to be working on the roof of number one um, and it's mates right. So he goes off with Ronnie to do some actual proper work and then Ed gets fed up with Steve so he follows as well. They all go to the hotel. This was a lot of unnecessary um, scenes to get three builders, well, two builders and a project manager to a building site. Yeah. I don't need to hear your motivations for why you want to go to work (laughs) (laughs) they arrive at the hotel and Ed's like oh I don't know if I want to do this new development and Debbie comes in he says he's a gambler I don't like gambling I'm an addict (laughs) I might get addicted to building housing (laughs) 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 imagine him support groups for that (laughs) imagine him in the middle of that going I've got to get the lintels in (laughs) leave me alone Aggie I've got to do the double glazing (laughs) No, Ed, no, no, we don't need another patio. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so, uh, Debbie gives them this jobs list and Ag- Aggie's phoning Ed. He doesn't answer. Um, they all go into the bedroom together to fix the radiator because apparently yeah. he's also a plumber. 
and he touches it, not so good of a plumber because he gets electrocuted, <laughs> flies through the air, lands on the bed, bounces off the bed, onto the floor, ends up in hospital. Yeah. Aggie gets All home. Right. For some reason, Aggie's not in that hospital in the um, hotel <laughs> electrocution department. department. Yeah. Um, she gets home. She finds out from Steve that Ed has left him. So she, Ronnie then phones up and says, he's in hospital. She goes to the hospital. Phil, Paul says he got electrocuted by a radiator. Very unusual. <laughs> um, so she goes off to find him. Debbie arrives and they're all at the bed oh, no uh ronnie tells her about the electrics got shot and she's like oh my god you know what i've just realized i haven't had any certificates done i've owned this place for a year and a half and i haven't done anything yeah because it was it was ray that was in charge of all that wasn't it yeah oops so aggie attends to ed and, and um debbie comes to see him at his in his be- you know he's lying in the hospital bed and she, and aggie attacks her and says you are, you're terrible. Why did you why did you hook your electrics up to your radiators? It doesn't seem <laughs> to make any sense. And Debbie says, uh, oh, um not gonna apologise. I don't know. She just does she just talks on. Yeah, Aggie well, like, says to her, you haven't even, even said, said anything. Sorry. You haven't even said and sorry. And like, oh we don't know what we're allowed to say at the moment because if I say sorry then that means that it was my fault and you're gonna get a load of money out of me. Yeah, so so she's fuming. Yeah, but this is good. So we've got a Debbie storyline, everybody. I, mean, I assume this is carrying on um, and, and they're going to be having a go at, Ed, uh, at Debbie. I d- I'm glad that the tile story kind of dropped off a little bit because I can't be doing with oh that. Oh my God, Steve I being know, a bloody idiot. this makes me anxious. Are we going to have a whole load of scenes on Monday with Steve standing around going, oh, who's going to do my roof now? I just want that storyline to quietly finish and Steve finds somebody else to fix his tiled roof and let's concentrate on the Baileys and Debbie because Nobody's... Debbie is well overdue a story. Exactly. Nobody's paying me to say this, but check a trade. Go on, boggle it, check a trade, Go on there, put roofing in, and then you'll get people phoning you up going, I want to do your roof. Yeah, we when we had to Easy. add our key problem a couple of weeks ago. We do ago, everything on we, Check a Trade. Yeah, we got something around within the hour. We get somebody to, to get fix, fix the deck in, Check a Trade. Somebody come and kill the wasps, Check a, check a Trade. Our window won't open, Check a Trade. Yeah. We need a new roof, Check a Trade. I can't do it. We need to, we need the um, shelves being put up, Check a Trade. <laughs> yeah. Then there's me. I literally can't do anything. Can't like be bothered that. to do, cook. Delivery. <laughs> I'm hungry. Just eat. Um, so, you, what, what do you think about this story development with the, with the hotel, Gemma? Interested? I'm just... I would just be paranoid. Like, it seems as though everything that you touch in the hotel could electrocute you. Mm. I think she well, needs to get someone there. in, probably. Considering that every every other event in Weatherfield takes place in that hotel, the one she's worried. I know, it makes me wonder what else is electrocuted, you know? Are you going to go round in the bistro, sit down on a chair and get electric? Is it an electric chair? Yeah, maybe. And and, and and what else? She owns the hairdressers, doesn't she, at the moment? I'll tell you what, the way, how much Electrified she owns... scissors. How much she owns around this place, I'm surprised that she doesn't own the loveness that Kelly's been thrown into. She probably saved Spider from coming a cropper last week, didn't she? Stopping him going into the brewery. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, the only the only slight concern I have about this story is that um, Debbie might be painted as the villain of the piece. But she's always been a little bit morally dubious, hasn't she? I love she? that, though. It's just like, she reminds she's me a bit... She's such a fabulous character. Of Auntie Pam. Yeah. Back in the day where she's like, don't bit, throw in a diver. Like, I've got a good heart, but at the end of the day, if I can sell you a yesterday's donut and say it's today's donut and you like it nonetheless, who cares? Who loses? No yeah. one. Yeah. 
I hope I hope that she doesn't get taken to the cleaners completely, but I'm glad that we get to see more Sue Debaney is she gonna on go, our screen. Is she going to take a trip to the prison and confront Ray? Nah. Ray, where's the bloody Why didn't you set me up a list of reminders of things to do when I took over your business? I didn't know you had to do it. This makes me anxious. I hate things like this. I'm like going, do I have to have an electric certificate? Oh, I know. Well, we had all this stuff when we moved house last year, didn't we? And we were trying to get the There's previous owners to send us the electric certificates. And we think we got, got it. got a certificate for putting now this mirror up. No, now I we've don't. been there for nearly a year. I'm thinking, about? oh, do we need to get the boiler checked and stuff like that? Well, we yeah, we do. do. We I know, no, it. I know about that. Oh, do, oh, good, thank goodness for that. Right, Wendy House storyline. This has been, yeah. this has been, you know, disappeared into nowhere for the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? But basically, all that happens in tonight's episode is Abby's doing a bit of a snoop on Wendy's laptop because she didn't know how to put a password on it, despite the fact that yes, she is a professional and there's probably some quite sensitive and confidential information on there. Wendy Crozier hasn't heard of GDPR. Anyway, Abby finds know, the document like, about. I her. wouldn't put a password on sensitive well, it's information. It's the same as flipping Phil the other week, wasn't it? when Hope found his um, story about John Stape. Nobody learns a lesson. Don't they teach e-safety in Weatherfield schools? Tim doesn't know how to put, um, how to use incognito mode on his laptop when he's looking at naughty websites. These guys don't know how to... They're flipping useless, I tell you. Anyway, it's, not, it's not exciting if you tried to break in and it's, oh, it's password protected. They could at least make a password that's easily guessable in three guesses, nine, like nine, they nine. used to. So anyway, Wendy comes back home and finds Abby having a snoop on her computer and she's pretty mad about it. Well, she, no, she literally goes out the door and comes back in. And oh, Abby's I like, just forgot. Whoops. Yeah. Got Should me. have waited until you heard the car pull away from the drive, Abby. Sorry, it's your own fault. So um, anyway, Wendy's pretty mad and Abby doesn't care. She says, I thought that I was making progress, but your report says that I'm a complete waste of space. And then Wendy shows her, oh no, I haven't. Look, here's some lovely things I've said about you in the report. And this is when she... She kind of teaches us all about the wonders of Control plus F to be fined. It That felt a little bit like, you know... I was just like, what, is, what are we learning here? Why are you teaching us keyboard shortcuts? I'll tell you what it was. It's because Abby was saying to Wendy earlier, oh, Wendy, I'd love to make cheese on toast. You get cheese and you put mustard on it and then you put cheese on the top and then you put it on bread. And she's like... Yes, I know. <laughs> and then later on when he's like, look here, if you want to find something in a document, you press control F. I know. See, see how that's patronising and irritating when he's only telling you know. Did you also know if you wanted to watch television, you have to push the on button on the television? <laughs> what else do you want me to teach you? How to put your socks on. Do you know, here's a tip, put your socks on before your shoes, you moron. Do you like a good keyboard shortcut? Do you use them? Yes. I like them. I, what's your favourite? Um... I can't. I don't know what they are without look, without doing them. But the one where I, I get a PDF and I can zoom in and out of it. Oh, nice! Because I, mean, I need that for I'm my work. I'm basically got Control and Z, Control and X, Control and C, Control and A are quite good. I also quite I like a good Control. This is boring. Control Alt and E to give you an accent, an E with yeah, an accent to write over Pokemon. the top. Yeah, yeah. Isn't That's it? what I need for my job. I need to write <laughs> the two words I need accents for: Pokemon and Cafe. Yeah. Um, okay, anyway, Cat Cafe, so, Maid Cafe, um, Cosplay Cafe. Wendy says, you're great, Abby. Look at all the progress you've been making. I've used the word brave a million times in this document. So what you can do now is go back to Coronation Street with Your Kevin and Alfie. And that's the end of that. And then she says, I'm going to retire after this. And then oh, yeah, she's Abby's like, up. don't retire. You're brilliant. And she's like, I'm not retiring because I, I think you're the pinnacle of my career. I'm <laughs> retiring because I'm bloody fed up with random women I'm living old. in my I house. I was in this in the 80s. I'm fed up with women half my age living in my house telling me how to make cheese on toast. <laughs> I've been around the block a few times. I know how to do it. 
Um, did this story feel like a massive missed opportunity to you? I know this is just yeah, because they could have the made Welsh rabbit properly. <laughs> We've literally seen nothing of Abby's attempts to show what a good mother she is. It's because at no. the beginning of the story, you know, all she had to do was sing "Hush, Little Baby" or whatever. Shut your mouth, baby. And then it's like, no, oh, well done, that. Abby. You should look after the baby. It's not an evil Toya that should have her. It's you. So we don't need to see all the progress you're making alone with Wendy. We'll just assume that you've been wonderful for the last two or three weeks. I did feel like there, there was lots of... There seemed to be lots of things where she's like, I'm going to go and change the baby's nappy. And then he's like, yes, that's right. That's what you do But it just baby. felt like a little bit like they were saying it because they felt they have to. I wanted to see Abby change. We'd, we'd seen her a little bit, but n- I don't n- want to see anybody when changing in the this, nappy. <laughs> nothing when she was living in this house. Like, I feel exactly the same way as Abby about Abby being a mother as I did three weeks ago. That's so if I was true. on the You're side right, of... Yeah. I don't think she should have the baby. I'm still going to feel that. And having one scene where, where Wendy right. says, no, you are great. Look, I've written it in a report. That's not going to change my mind. Sorry. Can I also just say, using the word brave to describe somebody just makes me feel like... If, what's that got to do with kids? Like, okay, if she was if she was going on a quest to take the baby to throw it into Mount, more, you know, Mount Doom then I would think bravery is probably quite a good trait to have, you know, fight off the wolves and the orcs and whatever. Yeah, but I wouldn't let her look after the baby for good if that's what she wanted to do with them. (laughs) I get what you mean. Using the word brave to describe somebody who's good at looking after kids, you know. If you go, like, um, you're trying to interview for babysitters, um, what qualities can you bring? (laughs) Brave. I'm brave. What do you think's going to happen to this baby? (laughs) We're going to a restaurant. Are you going to be all right to just stop the baby from dying for three hours? They are in a soap, Gemma. There's baby snatchers everywhere. And they, they eat batteries and they don't always get um, vaccinations <laughs> done. I think I've and just quite been... often mums have got postnatal depression. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I think I've just been conditioned by far too many reality TV shows where people cry about stuff to try to get through to the next round. Mm. But whenever I hear the word brave, I just think, oh, God. Oh, you got a life story, do you? Oh, something <laughs> bad happened and you you were sad about it, but now you're fine. Yeah. Um, when's the Wendy and Ken reunion going to happen? I'm, I'm assuming she, she can't... This is like, what, her third episode that she's been in since the comeback? Surely, I know. Surely What's this isn't it? it? This yeah. has been even... Because if it is, that's more of a damn squib than even, squib than even um, Stephen Reed coming back. Get on with it, Wendy. You've been in the show. You've been back for, what, four weeks now? And you've done sod all and you haven't had a scene with Ken. There's only so much that we can be strung along before we lose interest. Make it happen next week, please. I just, I, I just think that was a bit of a, a missed opportunity here for um, Wendy flying through the house to get uh, Abby off her laptop because she thought she was going on NaughtyVideos101.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she's been away from Kevin for all this time, hasn't she? She's like, don't go on my website. <laughs> don't look at that erotic short story I was writing about me and Ken Barlow. I don't even know him. I think that Wendy Flaming Crazier has got her own naughty website. I reckon so. Mm, she seems like the sort. What do you reckon it's called? She's... What is she? She's the headmistress, isn't she? No, no, no. You're thinking of Sue Jeffers. Oh, sorry. She used to work They're all the merged into one big <laughs> sexy lady. What did she call them? Like, you know, flaminghotties.com or something like that. <laughs> Just Wendy Flaming Crazier would probably. Mm. XXX. 
Yeah. Um, is it my turn now? Am I I've, talking about Sean? Do, I don't. I'm not even. Um, Dylan's coming to stay later, apparently. And you were at the beginning of the episode saying, oh, yeah, Sean's going to go and see Dylan, but we won't actually go and see him on no, screen. No, I didn't. Did you? you did. You said you were expecting to see. You said, oh, they're, they're going to get me to off screen. No, I didn't. I thought you did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because there was a bit where Sean and Eileen are talking and he says, I've got stuff to do today. I've got to go pick up Dylan. And then Eileen says, I'll do it. And then I said, Sean's not going to let you do it. He wants to be in a scene with Dylan. Oh, fine. Okay. Maybe that's what maybe you I, Maybe I misheard you. Anyway, so he, Sean's quite um, excited, but also nervous because I don't know how Dylan's going to get on with Frank. And Frank kind of is trying to make himself scarce throughout the episode, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, I've got to go and do kid. some shopping. Um, so there's suspicious going on there. I don't think that's suspicious at all. Anyway, no, that's true, Oh, actually. what, your teenage son is coming? I'm oh, suspicious. Sorry, I've got stuff to do. I'm suspicious of why Dylan's on his summer holidays already when we don't break up until the summer, until next week for the summer. If he gets a seven-week summer holiday and we all get six, I'll be right miffed off. Anyway, Dylan shows up in the cafe and he just kind of, does he just wander in on his own or something? I don't know. Just mooches in. And he? he happens to bump into George but thinks, oh, misunderstanding he thinks that he's going out with Sean and he thinks it's really cool that his dad's going out with an undertaker for some reason anyway Sean comes in and soon puts him right but oh no disaster Frank's books a meal for them all at the bistro or somewhere or other later but Eileen's cooking dinner oh no what shall we do and they and he's also embarrassed and then he says oh don't worry I'll I'll pull out of the meal um with, with Eileen Dylan coming home with you is a real family occasion I don't need to be there for that Dylan so coming home with you is a family occasion, so you need your landlord and her her boyfriend to yes, not your to celebrate together. So that's why it's suspicious. And anyway, they just kind of talk about it at the end of the episode about why he didn't turn up, and that was that was it really. And they have a discussion about the the um, culinary name of the dish that Eileen cooked for. Oh yeah, them. cottage pie, Cumberland pie, shepherd's pie. Yeah. And then Dylan asking about mince pies, which is like, mm, goes, that was a bit of a swig and a There was a few bits in there where he, where he was really thick. Like, yeah. what kind of meat's in a mince pie? Have you ever eaten I'll tell you one? what, Dylan, I, I know I said you could finish school early, but now I'm thinking that you need to be in school as much as possible. Yeah, they've got these great post-COVID tutoring programmes, Dylan. I think, I think we <laughs> need to catch you up. No, I was, I was quite happy to see Dylan again. There's something gone funny with that character over the past few years, wasn't it? Because he came in in 2020 and then COVID hip happened, or maybe late 19, and then he just disappeared off. And it feels like that what we're about, the story that we're about to have for Dylan... It's like two years is old. two years old, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm glad to see him, and I think he's, he seems like a decent actor actor as well so um yeah I'm, I'm up for a dylan story but um yeah what what is the real reason that frank doesn't want to hang around him because kids are lame is that all it is he thinks he might he won't be able to help himself i uh, don't think it's he's suspicious gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to bully you <laughs> like, you little drip. i just see a kid and i want to bully them something makes me want to push them in canals mm. because it wasn't a couple of years ago literally now there was a scene where sean was on the phone to Dylan and Dylan was saying I'm oh, getting, getting bullied, bullied because my dad's gay. Yeah, but Michael, <laughs> I don't think Frank's going to bully Dylan because his dad's gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the major draws. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's going to be linked. Or I just don't think it's suspicious. I know that Coronation Street is where our suspicion is peaked here by this, but I think if I was Frank, I would also, you know, son's first night being reunited with his dad after not seeing him for a while, I don't think I'd intrude either. It's it not necessarily the best time to... Me. Oh. If, you know, if, 
if Sean wanted him there, why didn't he go along? Yeah, but Sean's mm. a bit blinded sometimes, and I don't think that he really gets. Mm. I don't actually care. Don't care yet. I might care next week, because I do like that little family. I'm, I'm interested in the shenanigans they get up to, but I need more than about three scenes in a week to really get invested. So maybe next week. Speed down. On Monday, Zidane hasn't told Yasmin that Stu was drunk. And he's grateful about this, but he tells, tells um, him he needs to come clean because he feels guilty. So he tells Yasmin what happened and takes full responsibility for his actions. She forgives him and says, thank you for telling me. Just don't become an alcoholic because that is a really boring storyline. We've had so many of those. And then Yasmin chats to Zidane about it later and says, she's a good man. <laughs> this storyline. If you is want it... any more news about that, let me know. I can elaborate more. <laughs> What is going on? Is it because like they know that the Coronation Street viewers aren't really into the storyline, but they've got a story that they're going to tell, and by gum they're going to get to the end of this story, but they're just going to drip feed it to us like three scenes once a month, and eventually they'll get to whatever it is that they're working towards. I don't know. When are they going to have... What was the point of this? When are we going to get to see Halal Northwest again? Never. What's the point of that? Mm. I, it's, I mean, it's leading to Yasmin and Stu hooking up, isn't it? Seemingly. Why and then was he drunk? That mis- why did he get drunk? Like... I know, but no, there must be a trigger. Well, it was Mind you, like, we said the same thing the... about the cough. Yeah. Well, it's all the stuff thinking about his daughter, isn't it? And, you know, he so, can't contact her I know, anymore. but so that's going to come up then, isn't it? This, this yeah, it is, is just like just, a I just prelude. want to get on with it. I mean, every time they have a scene in Speed Dial, I'm like, hmm, okay. And it's... I, I do like Yasmin, and I do like Stu, Ali is a bit of a down downer, a bit of a buzzkill. Zidane's a Zidane is, yeah, majorly. But <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't get really interested in anything that's happening. But I, I would quite like to see some nice romantic scenes with, with Stu and Yasmin to just hurry up and get to them, really, Coronation Street. Yasmin, would you like to share a bag of rice with me? Mm. Um, okay, right, Gemma, that is it for this week's Coronation Street. Bit of a dud week. Um... Let's do let's do character of the weeks first. Do you are you leaning towards anybody here? Phil. Phil, character of the week. I love him. Sad Phil. Happy Phil. I want him to be happy. I want happiness. Tell you what, um, Fizz is too is not good enough for him. Oh, um, I'm gonna give my character of the week to um, David had his moments, uh, but. I'm gonna go. Oh, God, it's really difficult this week. What about Ed? Because he like had to do a stunt. Nah. He bounced off the bed. Nah. Ed on a bed. Um, <laughs> it might might be Evelyn. Calm just down, for... nurse Michael. <laughs> it might be Evelyn just because I can't really think of anyone else that really stood out to me, and she's always mm. she's always good for a laugh, and she was in a decent number of scenes. Nobody from the Gary Maria story. Uh, what about Tim Jimmy? Was kind of funny. No, not Jimmy. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it to Tim this week. Tim's my character of the week. That's because he didn't have any dud scenes. So, yeah, we go. Tim, well done. You got my character of the week. Score. Now, I think I've got a score in mind. Four so and a half. Let, he's not giving it four and a half. I think I've got a score in mind, so I'm definitely going to let you go first. What are you scoring it for this week? I'm going to give it three moonwalking bears in a clown costume. Nice. I'm giving it two and a half Manscaped Michaels out of five. And so, fairly low week. Let's see a little bit more. I was promised 
wall-to-wall Toya this year, and it feels like since the crash, we've barely seen any of her. She's getting through crisis and drama. Why aren't we seeing this? And I, I know people have been getting a little bit fed up of her. I Maybe we'll see more of her now that the Abby story is back. But come on. And Spider, what's going on with him? He's not been in it for nearly two weeks now. I'm so excited to see old Jeffrey back. And he's they're just hiding him away in jail or something. Rubbish. Whiner. Okay, that is it for this week's Street Talk. Let's move on to some news. <laughs> Okay, it is news time, and I was getting a bit worried earlier because we didn't have a cabin last week, remember, because we had our short podcast, um, and, and, and I was I was thinking, oh, it's been two weeks since we've had a news section and there's still not much news going on. Well, tell you what, Sally Carmen and Joe Dettine have heard our call, and they went and got married this week just so that we could have something to talk about. Thank you very much, you two, and congratulations to their lovely, happy couple. This was kind of a bit of a surprise. I think in in my head, I, I, I thought they were getting married towards the end of this year, so it was nice when that um, popped up on our, on, our, on our Instagram timeline. In my head, I was like, where, I, they're not getting married yet because where's my invite? Well, yeah, there's that, obviously. But no, they, I mean, they've, they've been engaged for a long time, haven't they? They were supposed to get married and then COVID came along. Well, so it's very nice to see that they've now officially tied the knot. It couldn't be us for engagement. We were engaged a very long time. Um, the, but the one thing they could have done better about their wedding announcement is have a series of photos, because so far we've only seen one from the event. It's not none of your business! If you're a celebrity, everything's pro- everything oh, is... Oh, well, the, maybe they're selling everything it to is hello. in the public. To no, hire magazine. Do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know. I reckon they're not. What do you mean one of the things they haven't done properly is give <laughs> Michael a load of pictures of their wedding? Well, we need to do fashion, fashion, who love what you're wearing and all we've got so far is Sammy no, and Johnny. It's like what you're Joe wearing. <laughs> like what you're wearing. Who else went? Which other Corrie stars went along to the wedding? I don't There's know. There's nobody else in this picture. Nobody I think else. They just did it by it's just a circle of balloons. It's very nice. Yeah, it's one of these cool photo archers things that you can... You can get these now. I want one of these for um, my next um, candlelight supper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a balloon arch. With, what do um, you reckon of Sal's dress? It's got... Um, it's blue. Eucalyptus wreaths on it. I'm talking about the, uh, the balloon oh. circle. Yes, it's a nice... It's like a cornflower blue. Long dress. It's got like a nice um, chiffony tulle kind of long flowy skirt and it's got these really nice heavy lace embroidered elements to it like around the waist area and then nice long poofy sleeves and a high neck with more um, beautiful embellishments all in the same lovely cornflower blue. I think it looks very very nice. And then Joe as I call it, call him. <laughs> what is his name? Um, he is Special. wearing a um a suit, it's similar kind of colour, isn't it? It is. It's kind of. It's a bit greyy. I can't tell if it's what fabric it's made out of. It looks maybe like. Yeah, but the listeners need to know what the fabric is made out of. Do your research. It's made Enhanced out of suit five. fabric, <laughs> and he's got a boutonniere. What's that? Boutonniere. You know, I'm good at French. This. A bit of a, a bunch What's of flowers stuck to his chest. Boutonniere. I don't know. With. Bunch of flowers in it. <laughs> white, white flowers. White shirt, white tie, white flat cap. <laughs> a flat cap. <laughs> well, he's getting married as himself. He is getting he married as himself. He if hat. he wants to wear a flat cap to get married I just really in, then who are we this to stop him? Really 
um, beautiful image of him just in a, in a hat shop going, well, it's my wedding. And the, the person working there going, oh, come this way to the wedding hat section. <laughs> you must wear a white one, yes? Uh, do you think, I do think that when he said his wedding vows, instead of saying I do, he would have went, I. Why? I, because he's, because he's Northern. Because he's wearing a hat. Yeah. People with black hats say I instead of yes. Okay. It's a fact. Anyway, congrats to you two. Hopefully we get to see a few more pictures soon. And, maybe and her hair looks lovely. She's got her beautiful blonde um, hair in lovely little locks. Curly locks. Yes. And they're both having a nice swig of shampers or something. Yeah. Maybe it's apple pies. Maybe. Maybe they got a drive later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Congratulations, you crazy kids. Yeah, you got there in the end. Um, number two, this is an interesting story. This is something that's broken before, but it's an old story. Um, Sue Nichols had cancer, and they were going back like 10 plus years at the moment. Was this in the news? This was in the news recently. 10 years ago. No, no, no. It was in the news 10... No, it was in the news last year, I think. And then it kind of bubbled up to the news again this week, which is why um, Rebecca, our faithful news hounder, sent it to Thank us. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you very much for yeah. all the news. She's been sending us Looking lots of things, do. yeah. Um... Well, yeah, apparently there was a scene back in 2010 on Coronation Street where soon, uh, where Audrey was wearing a little f- f- fleecy, not fleecy, that's not the right word, lacy, um, that's completely different, negligee to, to try and woo Lewis Archer. And then there's this um, specialist skincare nurse watching that sees a mole on Sue Nichols' neck and thinks, that doesn't look right, that's kind of got a funny shape and it's a bit reddish. So she then writes into Coronation Street, Sue gets her mole checked out and it turns out that it's a melanoma. Um, so she got it hacked off and then um, and she invited this person to the Coronation Street set I think that was just last year, maybe, that the invite happened. Have you? That one, don't like it. Looks okay to me. Okay. Um, And and it was just kind of a nice story of somebody watching Coronation Street, and if they hadn't, then who knows what would have happened. So thank goodness for that. There's loads of stories like this, though, isn't there? Of, like, people, medical people watching Mm. a, a TV show. Makes you wonder, like, how many people, like... He know that there's something wrong with them, go on television, and then they get a million letters going, did you know that you've got a third eye on, on your bottom? Yeah, I know about that. I see it every time I go to the loo. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's that's that. So that's, that's a new handy, story. That's handy, isn't it? There's not much is happening this week in the news. So well, we I'll tell to... you something else, Michael. What? You say nothing's happened in the news, but I can exclusively reveal mm. that Jack James Ryan passed his driving test. What? Hold the front page. You've carefully written down as though it's of interest. Mega interest. I well, mean, we all congratulated Sally Carmen and Joe Dutty to their life event, so why not Jack James Ryan? This is the, the problem with news in as a whole. I'm not, I'm not just criticising you, darling. You do your best, but social media posts aren't news, are they? Don't tell the people at Manchester Evening News that. Jack James Ryan had a very nice risotto on Thursday and on Friday passed his driving test. Whoa. Told the front page. Forget the ferret. Let's write this. Do you think Jack James Ryan is one of those people that drives down the road with the windows down with their really banging music and kind of annoying the other drivers? I don't know, just... You know, maybe I'm thinking of he's, Jacob. He's play, he plays a drug dealer, so yeah. he plays loud music in his spare time. Oh, I was stereotyping. I here. was out driving a couple of days ago, and what I was your up, music playing your Spice no, Girls. No, I wasn't tunes. playing my Spice Girl. Whenever I have my music on, yeah, I think people are going to think it's sad. I always close the windows up, and in this weather, Everybody it's no good because it's too like hot. That. We haven't got air conditioning. I listen to a podcast with the windows no, down, but not my music because I don't want anybody to know. my I go down the road blasting Conversation Street. Yeah, that's advertising. 
play the intro music at the at the at the red lights going come on boop boop <laughs> can I hear my my fans give me a holler? Yeah, anyway, I was, I was driving the other day and there was a woman listening to some very loud reggae music at the traffic lights. How next dare to she? Me. I know. And then we drove off, and then about three minutes later, we reached another set of traffic lights, and then she's then, just she was still music. listening to the same music. It all sounds the same to me. Anyway, oh my god! Thanks, Jack James Ryan. And speaking of Ryan's, Ryan Thomas, who used to play Jason Grimshaw, he is also be... passed his driving test, no. but that was ages ago. He's, he's going to be on Celebrity Master Chef this summer because who knew he could cook? Or Can maybe he he's one of the cook? celebrities that can't cook. I oh don't god, know. is this going to be one of these things where they're like, we've gathered together a bunch of celebrities who can't cook. Who can't cook spaghetti bolognese, but they can cook lasagna. Will the skills transfer? Oh, I'm completely hopeless with ragu. I can only ever do it for lasagna, but I can't do it for spaghetti. Well, if you want to find out, you know what you will need to do? Tune in this summer on a channel that Is shows MasterChef. Is it for people that can actually cook? I don't know. It's just a celebrity one. Is it, is it, is it celebrity can't cook, won't cook? No, it's MasterChef. They're probably going to be quite good. Is he going to be... I'm only going to watch it if he is going to be using... Uh, what's the word? What's the... Tweezers to, to position a scallop perfectly in a sea of pea puree. Well, you know what? He won Celebrity Big Brother, didn't he? So he's probably he can't full of everything. hidden talents. And that's all I've got to say about that. Full of um, Dear people of Coronation Street, please do some newsworthy stuff this week. No, don't bother. Just leave it. No, I want more news to talk about. I mean, I'm sure Jack James Ryan is thrilled that he passed his driving test. So am I, but it's not news. <laughs> I wanted to have a news section. By gum, I was going to have one. And now we have. This is the thing also I don't like about this. is that Jack James Ryan is perfectly entitled to be excited about passing his driving test. It's amazing. I probably but Rebecca because... was quite pleased for him too. Yeah, I... I'm pleased for him as well. But the fact that it's being given to us as news is kind of like immediately in like incites you to go, I don't care about that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It just creates this just like RC kind of what, oppositional disorder in everybody. Yeah, but Rebecca, news ham Rebecca, don't stop sending us stuff like that because I still like to know <laughs> that kind of thing. Rebecca knows what I think about gossip versus news. She, she yeah, she writes shh, sometimes. Guys, guys, have you heard? Listen, shh. shh. What? No. Jack James Ryan's passed his driving test. Don't tell anybody. Gossip. What's that? Oh, there's the pipe breaking noise always, again. Yeah, we know. We're going to move on and do some feedback and then finish this down podcast. And now the pipes are finished. Feedback time. Feedback time, Gemma. Gemma, do you want some feedback? Yeah, no, not about me. Do you want your annual appraisal? No, this is what people thought about last week's Coronation Street. 4.21 out of 5. They really loved last week's Coronation Street. What happened last week? There the was wedding. a wedding. There was a wedding. I thought it was just okay. Michael. I wonder what people thought of this week's episodes. Uh, Richard gave it four of Alfie's beloved warts out of five. <laughs> um, not Alfie the baby. Oh. Old Alfie. Um, Nancy gave it four guys named Steve out of five. And Pat um, gave it four and a half jackals tearing at Audrey's corpse out of five. Ooh, Thank you very much. Everybody who um, wrote in and, and not yeah. wrote in, you know, voted. Wrote in and voted. Gemma, <laughs> I'm going to let you go first. You got some feedback from Jake. We didn't have feedback last week on the podcast. No. Either, so we got a couple of weeks of feedback to get through tonight. Gemma, over to you. Jake said, I really enjoyed this week's Cory, especially the wedding scenes where we were blessed with Evelyn and Mimi together. I love when they sang I Know Him So Well. It was very fitting, poignant and hilarious, which is everything I love about Cory and everything it should be. 
I also thought it was the right conclusion. They could have rather pointlessly yeah. stumbled along, hoping everything would turn out fine. But in the long term, it had shambles written all over it. To be honest, I think calling it quits was long overdue. But enough about the Prime Minister. Let's go back to coronation Street. Oh, hang on, you're making this political here. Oh, we can't choose a side. Um, he says... I do feel sorry for Phil, as he seems to be a nice guy, but Fizz and Tyrone are just meant to be, even if Ty is an idiot. It seemed to be pretty doomed when Fizz had the worst night, night ever. That, that, Honestly, though, that's no prediction, is it, of what the, what the <laughs> no. actual wedding's going to be like. He says, The mother-in-law from hell, the groom's ex-wife, and a so-called best mate who pretended to be Kirsty. It's saying something when Evelyn's the one who's been the kindest to you. I can understand Toya not being there, but I think the writers may have forgotten that Leanne is Fizz's stepsister. I enjoyed learning a bit more about Stu, but hopefully he can find someone to be a bit less dull than Zidane to have a heart to heart with. <laughs> I enjoyed Spider's return and liked Toya a lot more when she has a rebellious streak, but I still think she acted selfishly with Imran's ashes. <gasps> I don't think she was being selfish, but like I think I said last week in the podcast, if she said to Sarah, you can have them, then you can't really just say, oh no, I didn't really mean it. So Equally though... I don't know. I'm just thinking if somebody, you know, somebody's grieving, you can't necessarily expect them to make a rash decision that seems like, why would you say that? And then be surprised when they say, oh, I don't know why I said that. Mm. True, true. Mm. Uh, he says, finally, I have a question for both of you. When Sub was killed, you seem to decide that Kelly was just as responsible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. When Sub was killed, <laughs> you seem to decide that Kelly was just as responsible as Corey for it without seeing any evidence of who is kicking him. There are a few alternatives as to what actually happened. So I was wondering, what makes you both so certain that Toya didn't kill Imran when we saw the crash on CCTV? No brakes applied and Toya telling Imran that she hated him. Why presume that Kelly killed Seb when there were clear alternatives, but be certain that Toya didn't kill Imran when there just doesn't seem to be any clear alternatives? I'm just a bit confused. <laughs> Go on, Michael. Just because we, have, we, we take sides, don't we? Right, there's a certain element of bias here, but equally... There's also the just the knowledge of how stories are told. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, the toy situation. The, the toy situation here, the fact that there's no evidence is more than enough evidence to tell me that the story that they're pushing on the sh- on TV is not actually what happened because of watching hundreds and hundreds of episodes of a soap where this sort of thing happens all the time. Yeah. This is how this is how stories are constructed. And there's like you said there's clearly been some element of mystery left. Yes, they showed us all this to make us think that Toya did it, but because that it would have it if they wanted if they were showing us everything, they did a really really bad job because it just went from one minute her saying I hate you to the next the crash. They did. They would have shown more. They absolutely would have shown more. They would have showed her grabbing the wheel or, or something, and they didn't. And the fact that they've left a mystery there means there's got to be something else that happened. The fact that they're going to exonerate her, and they're not. Go on. The fact that they also haven't made a big deal about the fact that there is a mystery is part of the reason why I'm yes. very convinced. They haven't gone on and on about oh what's happened in the missing time because no. that's supposed to be a twist. We're not that supposed we're, to have um, noticed. I think that we have ruined for some people. I'm totally convinced that you know there's going to be some evidence that gets revealed, some CCTV footage of a witness or or a memory that's um, discovered by by Toya that shows everybody what actually did happen and something else will have happened. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent. So so am I, and you know we we can. We haven't been given any insider information about this no. either, have we? 
Um, and we wouldn't it, want to know. We would absolutely because it would want make this very difficult to do a podcast. Yeah, if we got that sort of thing. But no, we don't. We don't know. But it is. It's just very clearly there's something that they're not telling us. And and people being arrested for you know the wrong thing or or being sent to prison unjustly is a very just like been done a million oft times. Used soap trope. So I mean I'm. You know, I'm I'm like eighty percent sure mm. that she didn't do it. Twenty percent thinking maybe she did do it, but if she did do it, I just think that that's the most uninteresting way the story can go. Yeah, it's like oh well, it's what the police said. It's it what, was also when they showed that CCTV footage that they were saw was like proof. Per, yeah, proof that and it it wasn't. It was and and that was the clincher for wall. me. It was we didn't see anything new in that scene that we hadn't seen when the episode aired yeah. a couple of weeks ago with the crash in. If that if the CCD evidence had shown inside the car then maybe our number would have been up but it really that that was brilliant that was exactly what I wanted because it showed that there's got to be more to come there's absolutely got to be more to come here and, yeah. and the fact that you know Syra and everyone has turned against her since the crash and everyone's like oh the toy killing ran um, she's going to be rising from these ashes yeah it's just it's just like well, after a while I think you get a sense of how a story's being told mm. But there is there is a, the the character favourite bias about, as well, yeah. which, which is why you know we were against Kelly one of the reasons last year because we weren't massive Kelly fans particularly back then. <laughs> I have grown to like Kelly a little bit a little bit more, which maybe you wouldn't believe after listening to me ragging on her story in the street talk today. But I do quite like Kelly. But back back then, that was different because they were trying to miss um what, what's the word. Uh, unrelatable, uh, no, unreliable narrator about that, weren't they? Because they literally had Seb on the ground being kicked for a good solid, what, five to ten seconds with nothing from Kelly apart from the laugh and I, uh, she, 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 she didn't story. try, it doesn't add up and when you watch the flashback and she's immediately going, no, no, Corey, no, we didn't see that on the first one, so what we saw back in May was the sound of somebody being kicked and, and and no reaction from Kelly. So therefore she must have been kind of enjoying it. I know that I know that she didn't actually kick him, but yeah. I prefer to say that she did. Yeah, we just kind of made it fun. I think sometimes maybe my sarcasm doesn't come across um very clearly. But we do have our tongue in cheek. Sometimes some, I say things some of what we say. Especially about every now and then. Kelly and Tim. <laughs> you can't trust what I'm saying is actually what I think. Yeah, you've got to uphold your um I can't be seen to be as a Tim hater. Letting the side down for the yeah. rest of the Tim hater. I'm like the, the president of the Tim hating society. They'll kick me out. How many other members does it have in? It's only got one. <laughs> um, okay, I hope that answers your question. But yeah, yeah. If you yeah, that that's what I think. I'm I am very, very sure of where I think this this toy storyline is going. Yeah. Um, well, it's also the fact that, you know, like, spiders come back and they're not going to have him come back if she's going to be locked up for however many years, 15, 20 years. The, the thing is, they're humanising Toya now. They're, they're making everybody... Uh, they're trying to give make everyone sympathise her, to her. They wouldn't bother doing that if um, they wanted everybody to think that she was a murderer. Yeah. Well... I just think I just I, I can't really articulate. I think I may have a no, job. I think, I think I think I think that makes sense. Everything that's happened, and the more time that passes, and the more time we spend with Toya, is just making me think that what I think is right. Yeah, it makes it more and more obvious. And she's like, she refused. She's refusing to say that she lost her mind or something, didn't she? 
I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah. Anyway, that's that's the answer to that. I wish I had more time to think about this, but you sprung that on Sorry. me a little bit. Sorry. You've got access to our email as well, you know. No, I like to surprise myself. <laughs> Rebecca, brilliant week on the street this week, says is talking about last week. Really enjoyed the Fizz and Phil wedding, although I was annoyed when they actually got married. <laughs> Fizz really should have said something at the altar if she had doubts, although when she finally told Phil, I did feel sorry for him, and Jamie was epic singing, build me up, no, yeah, it's yeah. Build Me Up Buttercup, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I do think he will try to win Fizz back and might even go a little bit crazy. But yeah, I'm on Michael's side. The Fizz and Tyrone kiss was so cute. Yeah. And Fizz also looks stunning at the wedding You're too. You're both morally bankrupt. <laughs> loved Evelyn and Mimi's duet. So funny. And I also love the cut between Mimi saying, who watches Zombiezy? And then Tyrone putting the <laughs> DVD on. Mimi also flirting with Uncle Ronnie was brilliant too. Loved the wedding venue as well and liked it in the barn as it's well as you two said. Slow. Hall. <laughs> Cold Saw Hall. It was something a little bit different for a venue. Hopefully this will carry on during this week. No, it's back to the uh, back to Chariot Square again for the uh, environmentalists. No, it was a different... No, no, I'm talking about Maria's meeting oh. was back to Chariot Square again, wasn't it? You've got to get in with these once a week. Um, hopefully this will carry on during the week. I enjoyed Spider in Monday's episode, but was disappointed he wasn't Wednesday or Fridays. Hopefully isn't the last we've seen of him, but I support him fracking, and I think Toya does too. Even though I hate Toy getting grief frack, from, Sa- you know fracking. from Sa- Sabine and Debbie. Not you don't mean Debbie, you mean Sarah, don't you? This gives me hope that in the end, justice will prevail. And nothing has gone on between Toya and Spider, so Toya isn't lying. Although I want that to be eventually. Uh. I also agree Spider was very much in character in this scene with Ed. I think Audrey was a little, was very much in character too. Although I um, do not trust Stephen one little bit. I have a horrible feeling he's going to run off with the trust fund. Do you reckon that... Oh, well, do we haven't really thought about that. I've, I've kind of been very... I think that we can trust Stephen. I don't think that we've been seen any evidence in the past that he's a wrong one. Nah, he's not going to do I'm it. Suspicious. He's too boring to run off with the trust fund. Shona calling Dave as an idiot was brilliant too. And I appreciated the Warps reference. Audrey saying she's never been round to Sarah's flat was great. <laughs> I agree with Michael. The Steve building stuff was the weak part of the week. It was just shoehorned in and could have been in any other week. I did like Stephen's... Yeah, but wait what? a minute, Rebecca. What? what do you think about the communal versus individual gardens debate that yeah, we're having this week? Like, That's the thrilling, thrilling. part. Mm. The amazing thing about... Um, Building development. Yawn. There should be more about that. I like the Steves and Steve banter though, and Steve and Ed <laughs> bantering at speed dial. Aggie saying Steve wasn't very bright was brilliant too. <laughs> uh, Rebecca loved last week. Yeah. I also like seeing did. Amy and Jacob as well. We haven't seen them for a while. Again, the Stu and Zidane stuff seemed a bit shoehorned in, but this might be in more this week. Nope. So I'll let it slide. I also like seeing Nina and Asher again, as we haven't seen them for a while either. Alia can shut up with her crowing over Toya. She was only with Luke for two minutes. Yeah, shut up, Alia. Finally, why has Aaron got a job at the garage? I know he wants to earn money to pay for excursions on his holiday with Summer, but like Curtis, he seems like a filler character unless one of Abby or Tyrone is going to leave the garage. <gasps> I hope not, though. Character of the week is Evelyn, but honourable mentions go to Mimi and Fizz. And I will give it four epic duets sung by Evelyn and Mimi out of five. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Uh, Nancy, she said she enjoyed Fizz's wedding preparations and the Mimi and Evelyn scenes were hilarious. Hope was a show stealer when she sent those emails. She must be pretty skillful if Camilla and the registrar office believed them. 
Fizz looks stunning. I knew when Fizz hesitated, she was going to end up telling Phil she doesn't love him. I felt bad for Phil. I'm not sure who will give up on Fizz yet. If Fizz goes back with Tyrone, she we will see. Will we see a wedding? Tyrone needs to show Fizz he's worthy of her love. I don't understand why people automatically assume Toya is back with Spider. She's still grieving. Sarah was Sarah was vile towards Toya, and it was great that Leanne had her back. Alia's comments to Toya were out of line. Spider was wonderful to try to find homes for people, but he went about it the wrong way. See, him and Ed just trying to do similar things, but in different ways. Yeah, they need to team up. I know who I, Spider would love. They quite often, garden. you know, Wouldn't you reckon. Spider oh yeah, communal, communal gardens. Yeah, the thing. Oh, quite often when they had decide to um, introduce a new ca- couple, like introduce a new character who's going to go out with somebody, their first scene will always be you know insulting them accidentally or you know or running into a puddle of water and ruining their white yeah that kind of boots. thing. So maybe that does go to show that maybe Spider and Ed like uh, have got a beautiful future together. Just saying. It's like when um, when Ken first met Valerie, he went bugger off, Ugo. <laughs> classic scene classic uh, where are we I don't know the spider was wonderful we went around the wrong way it is not surprising that he got arrested <laughs> it is the risk you take when you protest I love seeing Toya's smile reacting to, to- spider's arrest Audrey was brilliant to keep them guessing about her will and David was hilarious when he came in to talk about to Ken and Audrey knew what David had done Stephen's going to have problems being in charge of Audrey's trust. The mention of warts was a wonderful nod to Alf. I wonder when Yasmin will get together with Stu. Will this mystery about Stu's daughter be a big storyline? All oh, good question. Maybe, but like I said, just get on with it. Uh, give this week's episodes four guys named Steve out of five. The character of the week is Mimi. Shout out to Evelyn, Hope and Fizz. I loved Abby being with you during the podcast. We've had a few visitations from Abby today. Even though we're very, very hot, she's still been snuggling up, hasn't she? She's are, people, are people missing her purring into the microphone? Because now, since we've been in this new room, she's just not she been able go. to. She does, the microphone is higher. She does every so often put her paws on the laptop and look up again. What are you? What are we looking at? Yeah. I don't get what you guys Why are looking at. Why are you staring at, at this thing <laughs> for three hours on a Friday night, you saddos? <laughs> Susan from New Zealand says, Loving your midsummer broadcast. Thank you very much. Midsummer. A lot to be discussed about Michael's need for a hot blanket. Yes, thank you. I, I, I've not put the hot blanket on for a couple of weeks now. I think I might have been able to get over that. Never heard of it called by that name before. Oh, what do you call them in New Zealand? Electric blanket, But maybe? no one can accuse me of not being accepting of different cultures' <laughs> nouns. Anyway, <laughs> love in Coronation Street, but my observations of the week. What is it about the little stutter that both Max and Craig give before conversing? A kind of swallow and then a stab at the words. Jack does it too. Perhaps that's the way young people talk. I don't know. Don't I avoid avoid them. I've noticed that. Yeah, I, I, I can't I'll never really. know. I have noticed over the years that language evolves and accents are changing. Young people have access across social media and accents kind of represents who is or what is cool. Oops, cool is defo not the word. Yeah, it's fine. That's okay. Um, It's called banging. It's interesting to note how posh the accents were in the early days of Coronation Street, though. But anyway, who am I to discuss accents? She also says she thinks of Catherine Tate when she listens to us. To me? Well, just to us in general. Do I sound like Catherine Tate? Well, if I, if I do, am I bothered? This no. is when I had a fr- a fr- an American friend who told me I sounded like a cross between Elizabeth Hurley and Oasis. <laughs> so I don't think there is a cross between those two things. Posh northerner. Don't know. Um, 
Susan, Susan uh, sent us a load of emails this week. She um, also sent us one saying that um, after my little after this, can accent, I just say what, I love what, Catherine what? Tate. I think she's brilliant. She was the best Doctor Who companion. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Um, she, she next email Susan sent was saying that she was midway listening to the podcast. That's when I did my amazing Australian impersonation. Maybe she didn't say that particular adjective in her email. She said, "I didn't know Michael Caine was Australian." Well, now well, you not know. a lot of people know that. <laughs> and number three, just listen to the podcast and your confusion from Rebecca and you being confused. Re favorite holiday, Billy. I get it Billie now. Holiday, thank you. Tell Rebecca I got the reference straight away and roared with laughter. If you ever want to write in and tell us why we've got something wrong and didn't get a reference, please. Yeah, we don't get many references. We're very... I don't know much. I'm not... Half of the time I make a joke, you don't even seem to get what I'm saying. I do, I do. You just don't laugh because it's not funny. (laughs) Um, Susan also sent us a lovely email that I read out to you earlier, which was saying how wonderful and great the podcast is and how good you are. But I don't want to read it out now because we'll blush, but thank you very much. Oh, right. Okay, so all all how great you are and your... And your accents. <laughs> Nothing about me. Oh no. Well, no you can go swivel. Nice you can go swivel, Gemma. Who cares about you? <laughs> Finally, Gemma, we have got a message from Chris. I will allow you to read this one. Um, this could still come to pass, though the longer they spin it out, the less likely it would be. But this week, I was convinced that Simon was scamming his dad and Thorne to get the hundred k for himself. Now I would <laughs> that like could, that. That could make him interesting. We saw him getting angry with Peter for saying he wouldn't take the money. So when he found himself face to face with Thorne, I reckoned he'd give his own bank details, which would explain why we seemed to see the transfer happen. But the cash never materialised into Peter's account. Would he have had to give Thorne the name of the account or just the account number and the sort code? Yeah, you do have to give the name now, don't you? And it says, oh, the account matches the name. Yeah, but I don't think Coronation Street follows all the rules yeah, that's true. of real life. Care. So I think that if Simon had wanted to do that, I love I this theory. This is a brilliant I think theory. that's great. Chris I never thought of that Coronation one. should be a Street writer. <laughs> Simon could totally justify keeping the Josh too, as his dad behaved like an insufferable arse and a bully all week. And that earns him £100,000. Oh, yeah. This would be a great way to give Simon a storyline suitable for an independent adult too, as up to now he's only had to deal with matters related to being a son, a stepson, a victim of bullying or a naughty schoolboy. Let's see what happens with that. Yeah, because Simon has kind of floundered a lot over the last few years, hasn't he? It's like, since he's grown up and become an adult, it's like, oh, now what do we do with him? And then when he comes in, he's still being a bit of a... He feels (laughs) like an angry, surly teenager still, even though he's... How old is he? Oh, actually, no, maybe, actually, maybe Simon is still 17 at the moment. I think he's not very old. Yeah, but... Um, he over the next few years they're either going to have to ditch him or give him something meaty to get his teeth into aren't they because um, yeah we've not seen the very thing much is, of Simon at all it's recently. so funny I just like you've got RD you know I'm the manager of a shop and you've got like some are going I'm going to just not do anything with my life but even though Simon's not that much younger I just can't imagine him doing anything like getting a job or being a grown up or yeah where's Simon going to work when he's older I can't imagine him getting a job no um, it? Yeah, where is he going to work? Think. He's so utterly useless. We don't know very much about him. We don't know what he's what his skills well, are. Well, we do actually. He's a drugs courier. Oh yeah, he so is. So he could get he? a job with like one of these new like grocery delivery companies. He can work for the pharmacist, can't he? <laughs> Delivering out the drugs, taking mm. a few extras on the side. Right. It's like I've got your delivery, but it's boring. It's just paracetamol. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a bit tired now. I'm flagging. Well, it's a good job that it's the end. Then. It is the end of the podcast, Gemma. How can people contact us if they want to have their fine feedback read out towards the end of next week's show? 
you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Our website is conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can also score us on Spotify. We've got a pretty good score there, I think. Have we? Better That's than good. on iTunes. <laughs> Instagram, we're on that. Michael's doing story fun things now. Mm. We also have a community on Twitter. You can join oh yeah, Gemma set like. up a Coronation Street community on Twitter this week. I don't really understand. Feels very superfluous. It really seems like a massive waste of time. <laughs> because the thing is, you can still see it if you're not in it. I thought you could because somebody replied to something. Like, what? What is the point of it? I don't know. I do, thought it was basically a get... little mini private group yeah. within Twitter, but yeah, other people can see what's in it. But anyway, thank you very much to everybody that's joined. Yeah, brilliant. We'll, we'll see well, where try, it goes. Try to post some more things, and we'll all have fun together, shall we? Yes. Um, we also have a Facebook group, and now that is private. Only the people in the group can see what you're saying, so you can say whatever you like. Say you've got like all your all your friends are actually Coronation Street writers and producers and actors and you can't write your status about how much you hated this last week, join our secret club. We won't tell can... anyone. We, we won't say. No. What's, what happens in the group stays in the group. Exactly. Um, we also have a YouTube. Please can you go and do that thing where you click on the subscribe button because we're trying to get a certain number of subscribers um, and we're very excited about it. And we're on Patreon. And you can join our Patreon and you can listen to bonus episodes every month and there's a whole backlog of millions and trillions and billions and billions of special episodes we talk about really thrilling exciting things like our top five favorite times tyrone was a dirty little dog <laughs> oh that reminds no, we, me we haven't done a top five things yet. of tyrone things we should do top five things that people have done wrong that Gemma will never forgive them for. <laughs> yeah top five <laughs> grudges top five pointless petty grudges that Gemma has for no reason. <laughs> um, I had to message a couple of people on Patreon this week because um, there's something going funny with the payment on it, wasn't there? And we were, their, people's cards were getting declined, but then I don't think they were told that the cards were declined and we didn't get flagged up that cards were declined. We had to go looking for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if people... Stop if, stealing Patreon. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Patreon, then please check that we've not sent you any it's messages. It's silly because it should let you know. Yeah, it should let you know. Nobody's trying. Nobody's doing it on purpose. No, no. But Although if I could, I wanted to find out how to get free Patreon stuff because yeah, I've got loads it's of apparently very easy. According to all these people that have their cards, <laughs> yeah. um, right? But anyway, we love you all. Thank you very much for listening to us this week. I hope that you have. If you're in the UK, if you're in the red zone or the amber zone, please, 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 please stay in and yourself. listen to podcasts. Don't do anything hard work unless you're being paid for it in which case I hope that your employers look after you and also remember when you hydrate don't forget your electrolytes it's very easy to drink lots of water but you've got to be careful you've got to make sure that you take in your electrolytes too so you have some sports drinks or some coconut water or something because mm-hmm. you can get yourself in trouble like that woman who died because she drank she drank water for a wee she had a wee for a wee remember, yeah, I do remember she died because wee, she drank yeah. too much water yeah. and she didn't have enough electrolytes well, interesting story to end the podcast. Don't worry, though. You're I'm just, not going to die. I'm sorry, I'm ready to fall asleep again. Oh, yeah, at the end of last week's just podcast, I gave water. myself 10 minutes from this from the ending bit to be asleep, didn't I? I said, I'm going to be asleep in 10 Did minutes. Did you do it? No, it was about 20. That's because you got on your phone. Yeah, I know. I know. So I reckon... And you, you lie there going, I wish I was cosy with my hot blanket on. <laughs> I reckon. So it's it's 25 past 12 now. I'm going to say by quarter to one, I'm going to be absolutely blotto. 
But ready to get up early to edit the podcast. Yeah, I've got to get, get up early commas. as well because I have to haul a bunch of goddamn compost to the allotment. Oh, have fun with that. See you next <laughs> week, everybody. Bye. Have a bye lovely bye. weekend. Bye. 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 bye, bye, bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Music for this episode came from podcastteams.com. Bye. 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 Bye.